Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hey, look at it this way. At least you're not a Jets fan. Hey, what's going on? It's the Wake Up Call hanging out with you in the DriveHubler.com studios. KB and Andy, he's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. A busy, busy show. Week one of the NFL season, fellas. In the books last night, the Jets winners. But ultimately, as always, the Jets losers. Jonathan Taylor news. We can talk about that. Shane Stein. Steichen spoke yesterday. We we kind of uh, get everything directed towards the Texans game coming up on Sunday. Indiana has a quarterback. A busy, busy day as we sit here on the fan on a Tuesday. Good morning. Would you rather be a Giants fan or a Jets fan? That's literally I, what I, I asked him I would when he always, walked in today. I would always rather be a Giants fan over a Jets fan. Every single day. Put your bias they're, they're aside lo- with that they're answer. Lo- they're losers, and they're not the even Jets the Jets won last night. They're not even the love. Did they? Did they win? Did it feel like a win last night when the Achilles snap? You got you want Zach Wilson? Is that who you want? Boy, you know, Why'd you I was go um, and trade Anthony Richardson for Zach Wilson. We'll see what we talk about. <laughs> By the way, good Tuesday morning to everybody out there. Appreciate you tuning in. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. I'm Kevin Bowen. That is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us as always. Um, I'm a Peyton, I should say I'm a Manning cast viewer. I know you are. watching the man. Luckily, Rosie actually went to bed at a decent hour last night. So... Uh, started to flip on the Manning cast right when the game was really starting, and I thought to myself, man, Rodgers is under some serious pressure early in that game. I mean, the line stinks. Boy, those first couple of um, dropbacks, I'm like, man, he's going to get killed back here. Obviously, the play happens, and Robert Saleh pretty much has confirmed that it is a torn Achilles for Aaron Rodgers. And all this, you know, the thing I love about the Manning cast is Peyton Manning cannot hide his emotions. Like, he really struggles with being politically correct when it's live television. He can be very much a politician when it's scripted, when it's, oh, I'm going to air this, mm-hmm. and we're going to double and triple check and all of that. When it's live, though, oh, boy, he's not hiding it. And his just, like, pure displeasure for Zach Wilson, or even knowing <laughs> that Zach Wilson was on the Jets roster still, oh, yeah. was absolutely hilarious to watch. What a wild night. And... I know that Aaron Rodgers is one of, if not the most polarizing figures in today's NFL, and I, I don't think this is my, I have the Jets in the Super Bowl representing the AFC. Did you talk know, with this? Did you have them in the Super Bowl? Remember, I can't I had, remember. I had, I had the dirtiest Super Bowl pick you of the, all time. You the Cowboys and Cowboys Jets. Jets. Okay. Yeah, you guys made me shower uh, three times I after can't re- that I pick. can't remember yesterday, let alone what we talked about on Thursday and Friday last week. Like, I'm bummed. I, I I want storylines. I want what? juice. I want drama. And Aaron Rodgers being done for the year eliminates, I think, some of that. Now, insert your ESPN joke here and your Mike Greenberg joke here and, oh, yeah. and your and your national media oh, the joke j- here. The Jets fans. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I, I, I am bummed. Like I, I was really, really intrigued by what would happen. Just purely curiosity, what would happen with Rodgers and the Jets. And now... I cannot wait to see what calls they make today. Do they call Tom Brady? Do they call Carson Wentz? 
Do they call the man that was on the Manning cast last night? <laughs> do they call Carson Wentz to do what? In the second half? Do they call <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Are they calling Philip Rivers? Didn't the 49ers say that? <laughs> Did Philip Rivers have another kid? They, they were going to go after Philip Rivers late last season when their injuries yeah. started to happen. Uh, did you see the leader in Vegas? Uh, I did not to see be the, the Jets le- quarterback. I, I did not see the leader in Vegas. Is it Brady? It is a Colts connection. Oh, it's a Colts connection. You're going to put me on the spot here, Mark. Come on, who is it? It's a Colts connection. Well, okay, you already said it wasn't Carson Wentz. Gardner J- Minshew. Is it J- Jacoby Brissett? For a second there, I was like, "Are we going to have to play the CBS audio, Mark?" Oh, we have no. Matt Ryan. Oh boy, uh, oh. it is not Matt Ryan. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh God, Nick Foles. Mm. Oh yeah. I saw some memes. Go- That's why I was seeing the memes of, of Nick Foles. What do they do? Big Nick. Are they, are they sticking with Wilson? Yeah. I mean, I, I asked this in all seriousness. Are they st- sticking with Zach oh, Wilson? Wilson's st- Will- Listen, Wilson's terrible, and he's the kind of terrible that gets booed off the field after so a couple third and So the guy, or do they make a call somewhere else I mean, you can make, yeah, I mean, listen, their team's good enough around that they could win a game against Buffalo. I mean, like... They Aaron- were 7-4 and four last year with those quarterbacks. And I mean, Wilson, Flacco. Flacco, yeah. I mean, like, it, it's not... This is a good football team around... Their quarterback. I mean, look at what they did last night. It, it's it's why they mortgaged a lot of money and a first round pick and everything else to go get the guy. Yeah, listen. So and here's I, the thing: you're going to get him. Uh, okay, so they, Buffalo was uh, was last night. One, two, three, four. They have five more preseason games. KB. They have five. Week four against Kansas City. Week nine against the Chargers. Week ten against the Raiders. Week twelve against Miami. And week seventeen against Cleveland. Flex schedules coming in handy yeah. at that point. Yeah, they got to flex at least seventeen. But aren't they still <laughs> dramatic? Like, is no, it, I mean, they're not. They're going to be sad and pathetic if they have Zach Wilson. Last night, I mean, that was one of the wilder games you're ever going to see. Josh Allen, hero ball after hero ball after hero ball. Garrett Wilson with the early catch of the year, uh, an undrafted free agent, a hard knocks darling returns a punt for a touchdown to win the game. The Sam Martin tackle attempt is one of the funnier things you will see in trying to stop that punt return for a touchdown. Tyler Bass knocks one off the upright uh, to force the game into overtime. What a Monday night. Look at you. What time did you go to bed last night? Did you oh, stay I was for the wired. Inter- You're wired? Yeah. You had the well, you had a little coffee? I was yeah. working on the home bar last night. So I made I Ooh. made it yeah, I made it deep into the night. I, I eventually fell asleep. I, I don't know. We can we can talk about that. You know, and this is unfair. I was gonna say, how does what happened last night relate to the Colts at all? Oh I, um and, I think and, it does. Okay, well, I mean the only thing I was gonna bring up with all of this, and again, and we can take some calls as we go today. We have a busy nine o'clock hour. Zach Kiefer gonna join us. Zach Osterman, it's a very heavy Zach hour uh, coming up in the nine o'clock hour here on the wake up call on the fan. I mean, to me, and it's just, it, it's all about, it's it's so all about the quarterback in the NFL that, I, I mean, they win the game last night, but I mean, we're talking about, I mean, we've, we've mentioned the names, Jacoby Brissett, Matt Ryan, uh, a Tom Brady who has been retired and is well over 40 years old. I mean, we, Carson Wentz. We, I, I, it just, you know, Anthony Richardson was hobbling almost the entire game, and it shows us because when I'm watching on Sunday, I'm like, if he goes down, this is not as interesting with Gardner Minshew, and it's not going to be as interesting, obviously, for the Jets and the NFL without Aaron Rodgers. That it's all so much about the quarterback, you know. And I know it's a cop out. One guy goes down, and your season goes down. I mean, the, the Jets' season is sunk. 
today. I, I'm sorry. It's sunk. Yeah, okay, maybe they can win eight games. So with- when they were 7-4 at the start of December last season with those quarterbacks, that doesn't matter? They were. They proved to be a good football team until the last month of the season. Can they not replicate that again? I, I mean, you're talking about bringing someone in mid-season at this point. At so the it's not Wilson. Position. So you would make one of these calls. I I, I don't know. And they, I know they, some they, of these no, names are beyond they, laughable. They don't. They don't have. They to me, they don't have a good option. The only option. Yeah, that the they, options all stink. The option that they could have had, KB, that obviously they can't do now is. Purdy is back with San Francisco, and he's yeah, good, and they like him. Trey Lance is, action. Is, is Trey Lance Sam mm-hmm. Darnold, but Trey Lance is now gone. Trey Lance is gone, and if you're San Francisco and you like Sam Darnold, which they do, you can't move on from him. Purdy's coming off an injury, and they have a really good backup. They have a Darnold valuable back to New York. They, they I love a, it. Yeah, they have a valuable backup. It's like it's like the it's like uh, it's like here in Indy. You can't even think about Minshew or someone like that. Minshew is a valuable backup quarterback. And I know it's they're in different spots. The Colts are not a team that could knock on the door, you know, playoffs, AFC championship, that sort of thing. But I mean, come on, you you have a chance with Minshew if if AR had to miss a game. They have a chance with Sam Darnold. I don't know a name. I, I, listen, it's you run the ball and play, you know play defense. Wildcat with Brees Hall after his effort last night. <laughs> and Dalvin Cook, man, I don't know. I How just, about I, uh, the names are bad. I Ooh. do think there is a Colts angle to the Aaron Rodgers okay. thing, and we can get to that in a little bit. The last thing I did want to mention, Rodgers related. Uh, Carson Wentz, and, and I just had to laugh at this a little bit, uh, throws up an Instagram yesterday. This is prior to, obviously, all of the drama playing out last night with Rodgers uh, seemingly having a season end on the fourth play of the game. Carson Wentz had an Instagram of him hunting. It looked like uh, some sort of deer that he had... I, I, Maybe an elk. I don't know the proper term for it, but certainly he had been successful in what he was trying to do. And the caption was, throwing darts in the woods while waiting to throw darts on Sundays. Yeah, okay. Keep waiting. <laughs> Go ahead and keep waiting. Can you imagine Carson Wentz in New York? He got no. He he'd be crushed. He got engaged at uh, the castle in Kentucky. Have you ever seen the castle? There's a big there's a big castle. He married a Kentucky girl, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, no, it's like a legit castle. You can stay the night there. It costs like you know like seven hundred dollars. So Wentz, Brady, Foles, Ryan. Out of those four names, who do Boy, they call? Foles was so bad. What did you guys think of him? I mean, the Colts had given up at that point, kind of, right? I Last mean, all year, of these options. I mean, I, you, I mean you, the, you are literally I, saying to me, would you rather put mayo in your coffee, <laughs> in your Powerade, Kevin, in your beer, or in your water? Nick, so, Nick Foles' body outline is still laying on MetLife Stadium, is it not? Vegas has Nick. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's <laughs> technically there. Like a cho- like a chalked yeah. outline. You're giving me Foles. Wentz, Brady, Wentz. Ryan, Foles. Okay, Ryan is washed, uh, and I'm anti-Wentz, so we're down to Brady and Foles, and I think Brady is well into retirement. Uh, he just got honored by the Patriots. I don't think he'd do that. How I'll great go Nick would that Foles. be if he went to the Jets? I mean, it would be fantastic. Now, that would be a great storyline. I'll go Nick Foles. Big Nick. Wild game last night. The Jets went in overtime 22-16, but obviously the storyline is Aaron Rodgers' season uh, pretty much is over. The, the, the Jets said that is after the game, over? waiting for an MRI. I think that's a fair question yeah. to ask um, if you're talking about a guy that is that age coming back from Ugh. a torn Achilles. Obviously a much different situation here in Indianapolis with their quarterback. I, I do think it's something to note, Andy. I mean, Anthony Richardson has played one NFL game, and he's dealing with two lower body injuries. Already. Yeah, listen. Um, And and I know there's some debate out there. Should he have ran more? 
in the opener. I think, and I was one of those people watching the game. I thought in the third quarter there, I'm like, man, they're kind of getting away from some of the. Uh, design runs with Richardson. How much of that was he got hurt on his first ever design run in the NFL? And again, I, I said to Mike Chappell watching that game on Sunday, I'm like, this is different. This is grown men tackling Anthony Richardson. I mean, in college, sure, SEC guys, mm-hmm. yeah, they can be mm-hmm. similar, but in the NFL, it, it, it ups uh, a notch. So it sounds like he should be okay for this week, but it's just a wear and tear. It, it's these sorts of hits adding up. So certainly that can be something that we'll hit on today. I do want to get back to, I briefly mentioned it yesterday, uh, Jonathan Taylor's agent throwing a like on one of my tweets here recently. Yeah, I think it, listen KB, sorry, I I think we need to get into at 730 uh, what you're talking about with Anthony Richards and I think we need to get into Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I mean what, yesterday Steichen confirmed was not on the sideline. Is that a mutual decision? Oh, I I need to know why. I yes, I need. I am asking the question so I don't turn into a hot take artist. But I need to know why. I just remember last year. Remember when Lamar Jackson didn't travel with the Ravens in a playoff game? How big of a deal it was. Uh, I, I'm I'm trying yeah, to. Chris figure. Jones was in the building yeah, for Kansas City's yeah, first game. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, they his got, henchman next to him. They got things yeah <laughs> uh, cleared up yesterday. Uh, and then on the Jonathan Taylor front, as we talk right now, and, and I think this is a story to to watch all day today when I, I should say when I don't think it's if the Colts make another running back move but more of when because right now one healthy running back on your 53 man roster that one healthy running back Deion Jackson who's still there <laughs> he has to someone has to play running back for the Colts and I think I said enough about Deion Jackson yesterday uh, on my thoughts about his season opener. All right, I'm Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton with us, as always. And Zach Kiefer was in the building on Sunday. Um, wrote spe- specifically on Anthony Richardson. Had a conversation with Trevor Lawrence as well. So we'll talk with Zach coming up at 9 o'clock. Not only a little Taven Jackson chatter with Zach Osterman coming up at 9.30, but Zach also had a story yesterday, and again, Zach covers IU for the Indy Star, where uh, Indiana's buying out mm. their 2024 game with Louisville, so Louisville off the schedule, likely an FCS opponent on the schedule. We'll get more into the why of that coming up with Zach Osterman when he joins us in the 9 o'clock hour. A good Tuesday morning to you. Some overnight rain, certainly. I played with fire, by the way, driving in. I I, I had the gas tank light on. Me, I, t- me too. Gosh, boy. <laughs> you have a longer drive than I think I Chemistry do. Chemistry through the but, roof right but, now. But I did. My car How many miles I'm, can you go on that? Uh, okay, so my, Can you go at least 30? Oh, yeah. I think the, the light comes on at... A couple gallons on mine, maybe two gallons, maybe a gallon and a half. So it's more so, than just so, a gallon. So, so I can, so I can ride at forty-five miles. I feel like now I don't do that. I don't, I don't play you that sound game. Sound like you've done this before, uh, just I'm, with I'm, your confidence. I mean, it's, level, si- it's science. I'm a sports radio scientist. Obviously, everyone's done this. Come on, everyone knows their car when the light comes on. How many miles they roughly can go? Right. Forty-five seems high. Mine always comes on, and when when it does come on, it'll say like. You know, average to empty, it says 35. And I'm yep. like, how accurate is that? Because if I, I, I kind of want to test it, I know it's yeah. not great for my car, but. I, I think everyone knows it, it's how big your tank is, but also I think everyone knows in their car when they can hit, when, when the light comes on. And then in my car, there's a light and then there's a blinking light. And when the, when the light starts to blink, then you're, th- then you're down to the end. And that's only happened to me twice. That's twice. when you stop playing with fire. And I've had the car since 2014. 
Aaron Rodgers, Achilles, Anthony Richardson's injury situation, where the Colts are at running back right now, and Jonathan Taylor's agent throwing a little like on a tweet of mine. We'll explain all of that on today's show. You listen to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, morning check down. Lots to talk about today. The Reds were off. We'll get to them here in a second. But the story in sports, the story in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers will await the final word. Achilles injury. Robert Sala, head coach there in New York, talked about it after the game last night. All right, I'll uh, deal with the quarterback real quick. Um, uh, concerned with his Achilles. Uh, MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen. So prayers tonight, but it's not good. So there you go. That's what Salah said last night. That's about all he said, and we know uh, <laughs> we know it ain't good. In the end, the Jets do get the win 22-16 in overtime. Zach Wilson to the field. Where are we going for the Jets quarterback in 2023? Uh, I'm going to go Zach Wilson. I'm going to go Zach Wilson. Not to be good, but I'm going to go Zach Wilson. I mean, they bring somebody in, and I think Zach Wilson could play poor enough to where that somebody ends up playing and starting games. I just I just don't know who that who that you know live body is going to end White, up being. Is Mike White gone? I he's, remember him. He, he's to the, the Dolphins. He, he, Dolphins. Yeah, he got the job backing up Tua, which is a good job given that Tua the last sure. couple years has, has missed, you know, has missed time. No, Mike White would be beloved. If Mike White were there today, they'd be chanting, bring Mike White in the game, and he'd probably be the backup. It's Miami the AFC East favorite, or is that an overreaction to week one? Well, that was going to be one of my questions in the 8 o'clock hour. Mm, I like it. I, I had them winning the East. The the Jets have uh, Tim Boyle on their practice squad. Oh, that's Rodgers' other boy. Gosh, all they have is like Rodgers' yeah. friends. Hack it. It's all cast-offs, yeah. Literally. Uh, okay, Major League Baseball, kind of a quiet uh, Monday, although mark your Cubs, some late-ending mm-hmm. drama, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. Two-run uh, two run double by... Jan. Uh, Jan Gomes and uh, Cubs win 5-3 over the Rockies, which was a good win. Uh, Again, not a whole lot of action outside of that from a local standpoint. You still have the Cubs in that second spot. The wild card, two games up. Arizona's in third. The Marlins and Giants a game and half back. And the Reds desperately needing a big finish here. They are two and a half back with the series starting in Detroit. I know this always happens, but the Reds, the Reds, even our Reds funny banter. And, you know, when you bring Mark in and we talk about the Reds and Cubs, it's gone. Football, it is gone. There's no, there's no Reds. Red's joke. It is time to move on from them. Baseball was fun while it lasted, <laughs> it was, right? It was fun Play while the Rick Carlisle clip on the Tristan Thompson era. <laughs> I do always like when it's football Sunday and then you're like, oh yeah, there's a baseball game and there's people at in the stadium. You're like, what are you I, I, yeah. I couldn't agree yeah. more with that. Especially when it's like Philly. You know, like, sure, you, got, sure. like, you, like yeah. you have a really good team or something like that, like a, like a sad Royals game, like a sad Royals game in, in in the next couple weeks. It's like, why? I know the tickets for free. Why are you at a Royals game right now? <laughs> Maybe you it's like your, your kids bought your kids bought you tickets for Father's Day or something. Like, I don't want to. I have to go. But you're kind of like probably peeking at your phone the whole time. Oh, you imagine. are. Uh, do you want we did the swoosh already? Do you want like 40 seconds of Tom Allen? I'm going to leave it up sure. to you this guys. This is Taven Jackson, yeah, right? Yeah, Taven Jackson gets the job why did Dave uh, why did Taven get the job here you go full game evaluation because it was so close and and uh, to be able to see okay who, who moves the ball down the field and scores points and that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day and then there's a field field 
presence that you have during games. You know, practice is important. We, we know that and we evaluate that and, and how you handle things, but there's nothing like the game, the ebbs and flows of a game, the motions of a game. So it just felt like that there was a, um, just, a, you know, a, a poise to that part of it and ability to, to move our team down the field. At the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to is being able to uh, score points. And uh, I think both guys can do that at a high level. I really do. And obviously, I think you saw that from, from both of them. Uh, obviously, two different opponents that we were playing, but at the same time, uh, I think at the end of the day, you got to make a decision. And uh, I would say it was, uh, you know, it's close without question, but at the same time, you know, this is where we are. And I'm excited about, uh, you know, the decision moving forward. Also, IU wise to cancel the series with Louisville to play on Saturday, but the home and home after that, the next couple years, they will not have. Uh, and I can give you some insight on what they're oh, saying uh-huh. on the other side later on in the show uh, of, uh, I was going to say that rivalry. It's not of that series that was supposed to happen. I know Osterman talked about it. We'll talk with him at 930. Well, Taven Jackson got the nod also because he's relentless. Oh, certainly. Yes, certainly. Now, if I'm Brendan Sorsby, the other guy, I'm like, wait a minute. Did I, like, lose the coin flip to where I had to start against Ohio State and (laughs) Taven Jackson had to start against Indiana State? (laughs) Right. And I'm like, come on now. (laughs) That's a great point. I didn't think about that. looked very good for what it's worth against Indiana State. And, um, Committing to this in week three, though, I think is much, much needed because you can't play this song no. and dance the entire season. I am still. I, I know how Indiana has looked offensively, I guess, against the one quality opponent, albeit a very good team, in that opener. I still can't believe that Louisville's favored by 10. Uh, yeah, I just... I, I, I mean, don't, are they man, that good? I, I, no. I mean, I mean, neutral was, site game. I guess 31-21 at the uh-oh. end. I, I Are mean, they that? I'm going to send this audio to Louisville. Are know, they? But, Indy uh, Sports Radio host wonders. They think they're good. We'll get into it later in the show. I don't want to get too far behind. So but both underdog, they're, mocking in, they're mocking Indiana for canceling the series. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's, what, mean, that's what's going on here. Yeah, and I, you know, part of this is Indiana is not good at football, so they need wins. Yeah. And the Big Ten's expanding. So non-conference schedules are going to look a whole lot different, I think, for this conference moving forward, especially when your team's like Indiana and a little bit of Purdue. I'd say Indiana more when it's like, how do we get to six? How do we get to six How do we wins? get to a bowl game? Yep. Um, all right. On the, wait, 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 real quick, if you're a Spectrum user, check your ESPN today. It's back. It's back. Yeah. It's, it's back. back. They Aaron, settled that yesterday. Aaron right? Rodgers saved Spectrum in Disney and so then tore his Achilles. We've got it back on in studio here. All right. On the other side, Jonathan Taylor not in attendance Sunday at the game. What do you make of that? Again, I think there is an element to this Aaron Rodgers story that has a Colts tied to it. We'll explain that as well. And why? Why was Jonathan Taylor's agent liking a tweet (laughs) of mine? We will explain more coming up. It's a little overcast, some overnight rain in Indy. Thanks for tuning in. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy here on 93.5107.5. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Yeah, yeah, hanging out with you on a Tuesday. KB's going to tell you here in just a second what does the uh, Aaron Rodgers fiasco have to do with the Colts. We'll get to that. Reminder, Zach Kiefer coming up at 9 o'clock. Talking some NFL with him. Zach Osterman coming your way at 9.30. We'll talk some Indiana football. They have a quarterback. They canceled the U of L series. Uh, we can dive into that. Just, just quickly, I was going to mention, because this is a, it's a team that I just mentioned yesterday when we mentioned the Jonathan Taylor stuff, and we'll get to some Taylor stuff here in about 10 minutes minutes. The Ravens have announced, at least for now, KB, that they're going to be staying in-house uh, after the Dobbins injury. Melvin Gordon, who had about three, 400 yards last season. He, he's still kicking around. Melvin Gordon uh, off the practice squad uh, up to the 53. So that's what the Ravens are going to do. Again, I only bring them up uh, because they're a Super Bowl contender with running back issues and a running back by committee. Uh, would they ever want to be in the Jonathan Taylor sweepstakes? Okay, you mentioned before the break Aaron Rodgers, the Colts, and how it all can relate back here to Indianapolis. What do you mean by it? Yeah, and I guess it kind of plays off of what you just said right there. I think through these first few weeks of the season, you are monitoring what the running back you know position looks like for other teams around the league and just the trickle-down effect. Baltimore was the one, you know, and J.K. Dobbins suffering that big injury in week one. They've been a very churn-and-burn type of franchise with running backs around Lamar Jackson. Justice Hill, Gus Gus Edwards. I was going to say, right now it sounds like Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and then as you mentioned, Melvin Gordon as the three guys. um, Last night, in Rodgers going down and seemingly his season ending, that impacts Green Bay. A first-round pick was supposed to go to the Packers. 70% of the snaps was needed to be taken by Aaron Rodgers this season. Think of it like the Carson Wentz right. parameters yep. for the Colts a couple years I ago. I forgot about that. Or even yep. the Washington one. Now, obviously, I, I think it's wishful thinking for the Colts to believe they were going to garner a first-round pick back for Jonathan Taylor. But the domino effect is... If you are Green Bay and you're getting an additional first rounder for next season, you're going to feel more comfortable potentially trading other draft picks and or players. Um, you know, if you all of a sudden are like, yeah, Christian Watson yeah. is expendable, you might then say, okay, we'll come back in the draft and, you know, whatever. It's a deep wide receiver draft and, and we'll go ahead and find Jordan Love, another pass catcher via that route there. So watching that last night and thinking about, okay, remember the trade, 70% playing time. Green Bay obviously was one of the teams, along with Miami, um, that was reportedly making an offer. I want to say the report was some mid-round picks. Again, now no first-rounder if all of a sudden they were to have an injury to an Aaron Jones or an A.J. Dillon. I would think this stunts maybe their level of interest in pursuing a Jonathan Taylor. If I'm not mistaken, too, Andy, going back to Baltimore, I think when the whole Taylor... Um, trade, uh, you know, you can seek out trades. Uh, the Colts told Jonathan Taylor. I think when that originally happened, I feel like Baltimore was one of the teams Vegas had ranked pretty highly up there. Oh, oh we talked about him. I talked about him because yeah. their running backs have been kind of regular, and they're a team that's not the best team in the NFL, but they're close. And listen, they're at the point they just paid their quarterback. They got to go win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's where they are. So I think that is something, you know, Baltimore's case, Green Bay's case, you know, those were two of the teams probably up there on the list. Obviously, we saw what Miami did in week one. That was quite the impressive offensive effort from Tua and company there. But yeah, I I do think there is a Colts tie to what happened last night. And for those that want to see a robust trade market potentially for Jonathan Taylor before the trade deadline occurs on Halloween, 
I think this hurts things in terms of Green Bay. They have Herm Edwards on ESPN now. I just love that Arizona State's being sunk with sanctions while he's talking Jets quarterbacks right now on ESPN. Now, is, is, I, and I asked this fantastic. in all seriousness. Yeah, go ahead. Um, is Jeff Saturday not doing ESPN anymore? I haven't seen Jeff Saturday anywhere. I mean, I've been watching a good amount of ESPN because I have YouTube TV. Have you, Mark? Have you seen him? You have YouTube, no, don't mean, you? I mean, I haven't seen Saturday, have you? Obviously, ESPN has been doing a lot of cost-cutting, you know, releases and right. stuff. So I, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen them they sign get, anybody. They had, like nine, they had like 19 different guys, analysts, that were on the Sunday countdown and then the Monday Night Football. And I feel like they got rid of a lot of them. Like Steve Young, you know, they, they cut him out. They cut out a couple guys. They brought in Alex Smith. He checked it down, of course, immediately oh, look to, at his, that. Uh, to his to his co-host. He checked it down to his. Maybe co-host. the Jets will call out. I was going to say Alex Smith got one one more run in him. <laughs> um, Alex, Smith. the news item yesterday: Shane Steichen's Monday press conference. He didn't get too too much into you know running back wise. Will we make changes to that position? This is what we know, though, Andy. We know Evan Hall could miss time. Was what Shane Steichen offered up. When I hear Shane Steichen saying could miss time, I'll, I'll throw in the will miss time. Will miss time, right. Um, so right now, if you look at your 53-man roster, he was not committing to Zach Moss 1,000% playing on Sunday. Um, you would think that is a possibility, the fact that Moss at least practiced all last week. And remember, originally this was supposed to be a six-week injury. Well, the six-week mark was yesterday. So you know it's almost going to be seven weeks by the time Sunday rolls around. So what we know right now is this. Your healthy 53-man roster has one running back that is in a bill of health to where he could play. That one running back, in my opinion, just had one of the worst games I've ever seen in Indianapolis Colts history. That would be Deion Jackson. So I would be... This might be a little premature, Andy. I'd be a bit surprised, borderline stunned... If we got to the end of the day and we saw no running back oh, moves for the Colts, it, it, I guess not even tec- close. Yeah, technically, if you want to get technical, they could play it out like this. Okay, Evan Hall, you're going to be out for X amount of weeks. Zach Moss, you're going to be back in week two. Let's just exchange Moss for Hall, and then all of a sudden Jake Funk remains on your practice squad. You call him up again. I know that is no ringing endorsement for those players or all of a sudden a calming of, uh, oh, well, we're not worried about running back anymore. I know that doesn't do that, but I think today is the day to watch. Off day for the Colts. They get back to practice tomorrow. If you're going to make a running back move of any sort of substance, today would be the day to make that move. Are you like, okay, if they brought Kenyon Drake back, does that move the needle at all? A guy that's been in the NFL, who's been in your system? I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm just throwing a name out there. Right. Given that he knows, I mean, knows the facility. He knows <laughs> Shane Steichen. He knows what's going on. I mean, it would move the needle in terms of we'll address it tomorrow, but I don't think all of a sudden this is something that, oh, yeah, I feel great or much better about the running back. Go pick him up on the waiver wire in your fantasy leagues. You know, I I think this is what you saw on Sunday. You saw a Jags defense that when there's so much run-pass option stuff out of Anthony Richardson and there's, okay, the ball could go here, it could go there, it could go over there on a given play. I think they viewed the running backs as like, yep, um, we don't really need to account for them. We don't need to worry about them that that much. Like This is kind of a weird analogy, and, and I get that my Notre Dame fandom is coming out here a little bit with this comment, but I think it actually applies. When Notre Dame played Navy week one, Andy, 
Notre Dame took one of their best tacklers, Jack Kaiser, former Mr. Football here in the state of Indiana. They moved him out to like a corner or safety position. Why did they do that? Because they wanted a really solid tackler in space when Navy pitches a ball to a running back, and now it's a corner trying to tackle him. You don't want a corner necessarily mm-hmm. out there who's not used to that. And I bring that up to say, I think when teams prepare for the Colts right now, they don't need to make some sort of drastic move for their running backs. They're just going to say, hey, um, that dude is going to get what's blocked. And as long as our guys are in a decent position, that running back's not going to get, you know, turn a three-yard gain into an eight-yard gain or, or, or something like that. So I think that's what you're missing right now is just there's no respect for the Colts running backs from the opponent. Yeah, I can't imagine what NFL coaches KBR are saying about, about the running game with the Colts right now. I really can't when you look at the running backs. and I, Whoever they bring, you gave me a list of Wentz, Foles, an uh, ancient Tom Brady. We can move him out of the way. And you gave me, who was it, Matt Ryan. And we've as, got Matt Ryan. As, as the quarterback options for the Jets if they want to bring somebody else in. Didn't Matt Ryan that, say he wasn't officially retired? I, he did, Matty Ice. It, I mean, I feel like the running backs that are out there are worse than those options right now for the Colts. Don't you? I I don't know. I mean, James Robinson, Kenyon Drake are a couple names that that we talk about. Kareem Hunt? Uh, I mean, Kareem Hunt's probably your best option. I know you don't want to hear that. I know some Colts fans don't want to hear that. He might be the best option. And again, it's not like he's, you know, burned up the NFL the last couple years. What Uh, was that stat line you had in training camp, Kev? He was like the 122nd best running back for like yards per carry yeah coming out of last year and i know he's a guy that is used a bit in short yardage but still um i think you look at kareem hunt just on the field let's just strictly talk on the field i see a deteriorating running back slowly approaching the age of 30 now no jonathan taylor in the building on Sunday. You think that was a mutual decision? Uh, well, can I give you the sound real quick? Uh, this is the question from James Boyd of The Athletic and the answer from Steichen yesterday. Shane, I couldn't tell from obviously being in the press box, but was, was was Jonathan Taylor at the game yesterday? Was he on the sideline or where was he? No, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. That's all we got yesterday. So can, can I ask you guys something? Can I ask the fans something? Sure. What, 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 do we do, what do we do with this? I, like I feel like I need I need to know I need to know if it was mutual I need to know if this is Taylor uh, I need to know if it's Taylor obviously Taylor and his agent I mean you're still being paid by the franchise yeah uh-huh. I mean you're some you're you're still even though there's so much BS going on KB you're still part of the team do fans care about this thing I mean is it a well he quit on I mean he's been quitting on the team for weeks now for months now would it be uh, just more of an optics thing if he's there. It, well, I mean, you or like could, support your teammates, that, I guess. That, I mean, that would be the what, way. Was that, Chris Jones supporting his teammates from the suite in Kansas City? That's the way. No, I think he was there self-serving. He wanted to see the banner and everything else, and he could be on the opening night game on Thursday night football, and they'd be talking about Chris Jones. I mean, I, I don't think it's one of those things where Taylor wasn't there because he didn't want the cameras on him and you know the publicity or anything else. To to me, it screams of Taylor and his agent being ahs. And listen, I'm not. 
not I'm not sticking up for the Colts here. They they have in many fans' views they have botched this. I didn't catch I, that AHs y- right yeah. away, but I, <laughs> I think I got be, it. Was that I, what Zaire Franklin called himself uh, yesterday? Yes, it's exactly right. But I mean, don't you feel that way? I feel like I need also a little bit more information on this because we asked yesterday. We asked yesterday. Uh, what did Fox ever show Jonathan Taylor? Remember we we kind of kicked it around and people now nah, you know I didn't see Jonathan Taylor and then I mean he's not in the building. I mean Sykin, this again this is all Sykin gave you. No, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. You know I asked Shane on Friday, Andy, um, when you were at Colts practice last week. Uh, each of those days, I was out there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Jelani Woods is out there. Jelani Woods is currently on injured reserve. Um, Jake Witt, for example, he's on injured reserve. His year is over. He's a rookie. He's out there at practice. Injured guys typically show up to practice. Um, you know, I asked Shane afterwards, like, is Jonathan Taylor attending meetings? I didn't get the vibe that he's in the building for oh. that aspect to it. Um, you know, how much is this mutual? How much is this? Is Taylor doing the bare minimum to not get fined? You know, those sorts of things. Again, I continue to think this is being handled extremely immaturely uh, from both parties. If I probably had to give one party more than the other, I'd say the Taylor camp mm-hmm. is handling it. I would agree. I would agree. More immaturely than the than the Colts are. And I do want to get to the uh, Malki Kawa, Taylor's agent, with a liking of a, a of a tweet of mine from over the weekend, because I think it's another reminder of how much this situation is at two ends of the spectrum from being settled anytime soon here. So um, it sounds like Taylor shows up to work, Andy. He gets his rehab in, and then when and it's leaves. time to get down to yeah. a walkthrough, a practice, uh, meetings of whatever magnitude there are, uh, that's when he makes his exit. I don't know Which why. Which is, again, much different than most, if not all, of the injured then, players. Then, yeah, then, then basically everyone. I mean, listen, Lamar Jackson got crucified for not traveling. He was unhappy with his, you know, with his contract and everything else, and he got crucified for being the quarterback and everything else and not being there for the playoff game. To me, and I don't know why I feel this way, but yesterday, that was the thing that, well, there was an AR thing we can get into later. That is the thing that stuck out to me the most is how... Do fans care about that? Because if you're if you're on the side of the Colts, but here's the problem: I don't feel like anyone's on the side of the Colts here. There's not a lot of Colts fans, KB, that are sticking up for the way Chris Ballard or Jim Irsay has handled this. They're going to back Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if they care if he's there. I would uh, say before Sunday, if you would have done a poll, whose side are you on, the Colts or Taylor? I could be wrong on this. I would say you would have had more on the Colts side. Sunday was so jarring. I think for a lot of fans, that now you might flip that. I mean, I had several fans reach out to me that we've gone back and forth on this, and they said, hey, I've been pro not paying Taylor, and all of a sudden I just watched that, and yeah. I am totally changing my my mind. I don't know if you know one game deserves to have that oh, it, reaction. It, it does. We're but, talking about Deion Jackson starting yeah, on Sunday. I mean, it was an KB. utterly horrific yeah. performance that you saw there. I, just simply reacting to the lack of fan reaction to that, because I tweeted that out yesterday. I tweeted out, you know, Jonathan Taylor wasn't in the building after Shane Sykin said that comment. I, I don't know if I saw a single... I don't think there's a lot of care from that aspect, which is a bit surprising to me, Andy, because I think it's a fair thing to bring up. Again, you saw Chris Jones in the building for the opener. Granted, he was you know up in the suite. I, again, we don't know if this is a mutual thing, this or that, but I just don't think there's a whole lot of Taylor is on the sideline that all of a sudden... 
it means something. Greatly shifts right. how these two sides are beyond far apart. Uh, well, and again, you know, it was funny yesterday that the Chris Jones conversation comes up and he gets a one-year deal, and it's another one of these one-year deals, man. <laughs> it's another one. So Chris Jones, one. it was no years tacked on, correct? It, it correct. was just, just more mo- sweetening of the pot this season. Just more money for Chris Jones, yeah. And it sounded like, and this is Chris Jones tweeting, um, you know, he got fined a good amount of money yes, he did. for the amount of days that he's missed. Obviously, missed a game check there it does sound like he's all of that will be he'll recouped. be fine he'll be recouped and be good to go i don't know why I, I listen i might be in the minority here him not being there on the sideline and the you know you talk about taylor, last, yeah, t- about? taylor uh-huh. being on the yeah sorry i went back to taylor instead of chris jones and the the short answer that, that we got yesterday no he wasn't there he wasn't and there. the answer you got last week i, I mean t- to me if if I don't know, I guess there's always been a percentage of me that has thought maybe it could be salvageable to give him some money this year because you you got caught with your pants down with this running back situation. Uh, I mean, it's bad. It's not good. It's the worst in the it's the worst in the NFL. The Jets have two or three running backs that would start for you right now. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Basically, uh, everyone does. For some reason, him not being there game day for his guys moves the needle for me. Yeah. And I might be in the, no, I might be in the minority fair. there. I might be. Yeah, that's fair. And again, do the Colts say to him, hey man, we think you would be a distraction if you are here. Um, how about you just stay at home? You know, I, I think that it could be the Colts saying, "Hey, li- you know, it's not going to be a distraction. You know, we're going to pay you. You do your thing. We're going to do our thing." But uh, I don't know. Maybe when Deion Jackson is having the worst game that a Colt has ever had, uh, maybe Jonathan Taylor, I don't know, could come up to him and, and offer some advice. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but for some reason, when when he was asked, that was a good question by James Boyd. Was JT even there? No, he's not there. It's like, I mean, there's. I mean, when's the last time Sykin had a conversation with JT? You think? Um, training camp? No, I think I think there is a little bit more combo than you would think. I mean, hell, he's in the building for some time, at least for a little day. while. Um, how about Zaire Franklin getting drug tested yesterday? Well, I was going to say we could do a segment who didn't get drug tested yesterday. Those would be the players uh-huh. that played poor. Well. Jets, uh, Giants players probably didn't. The Bengals players, T. Higgins, Daniel Jones. We don't need a drug <laughs> Daniel test. Daniel Jones, like I'm ready. I will be Mark in this quickly club right goes now. To, to Giants players. Yeah, I know he can. is. Andy going to throw back Bears players towards Mark? I, I listen. I'm taking it. I'm Chase not going to Mark. What, 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 was he throwing again? Man, Chase Claypool needs to go back to Notre Dame. <laughs> he man, he had like he had like six weeks. Remember that, like three years ago, two three years ago, where he was like two touchdowns a game. He carried me to the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, Zaire Franklin, uh, he probably should have been drug tested <laughs> after the game. He was outstanding on Sunday. I eighteen tackles and seventy snaps. That is, I mean, that's one every four plays. And, 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 like, he, and he made the play of the game. He was flying around, obviously punched the ball out, all of that. Uh, Zaire Franklin, absolutely outstanding there. In week one, I know we'll touch a lot on Houston here throughout the week as the Colts head to Texas, head to Texas to take on Houston here coming up on Sunday. That line is now flipped. Yesterday it was a slight favorite for the Texans. It's now a Colts slight favorite. Um, my early thoughts: I'd be shocked if the Colts don't win this game. I, I think. Would, can I we think get the, into that next? I think the Texans stink. Okay, and, and I want to get into that. I know it's week one. I know it's overreaction. Obviously, they're in a very similar situation to the Colts in that it's a rookie head coach, it's a rookie quarterback, this and that. 
Um, yeah, I, I fully expect the Colts to go down there and get a win. We'll touch on that. And also, again, Malki Kaba, the agent of Jonathan Taylor, a liking of one of my tweets. We'll explain that on the other side and how that relates to this situation. Uh, it's a wake-up call with KB and Andy here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Our- Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Number two, thanks for waking up with us. Wake-up call, KB and Andy. Hanging out with you a couple more hours. We're in the drivehubler.com studios as always on this Tuesday. Jonathan Taylor not in the building on Sunday. I guess we should ask you if he'll travel with the, with the team this week to Houston. We'll continue that conversation. Aaron Rodgers, we're awaiting the final word there. Looks like he is certainly done for the year. KB has a tweet that he wants to get to. We'll get to that here in just a second. Did you guys happen to see, though, the Patrick Mahomes edit last Last night with the Aaron Rodgers injury. Comma usage, right? That was the issue. Comma usage. For uh, those of you who may follow Patrick Mahomes, when Aaron Rodgers went down, Pat Mahomes tweeted out, hate that man, dot, 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 praying for the best. Okay? Uh, But he had no comma in the hate that man. So people were making fun of him or whoever runs his account. Do you think Pat Mahomes runs his own account? He's got somebody doing that. Or that's him, right? What do you I, think? I would say some of those tweets are him. You think it flips back and forth occasionally? Or else I would fire the person that tweeted the original one. <laughs> You're probably right. I hate uh, that man too, but I still felt bad for his I hate that man. Uh, he put the comma, hate that, comma, man, praying for the best. Uh, I know you were a journalism major <laughs> at Indiana. I'm sure you had to appreciate the quick fix there yeah. on Twitter. Or well, X, excuse and me. And I guess thank you to Elon for the edit button there on uh, Twitter. Um I want to get back to something uh, from Friday, Andy, because we didn't have a chance to talk about this. Uh, The Colts did give a contract (laughs) extension on Friday afternoon to long snapper Luke Rhodes. And and before we get into the bigger story with this, I do just shout out to Luke Rhodes for just a second here, Andy. Um, This is a guy that was an undrafted free agent out of William and Mary. He was cut by the Buccaneers, uh, came here and really learned how to become a long snapper in Indy with the Colts. I, I don't think there are many NFL players that learn to play another position once they get to professional football. Not only did Luke Rhodes successfully earn a spot and and kind of was the uh, change of the guard from Matt Overton to him, as the long snapper, he now has signed two extensions here. He's been an all-pro. And, you know, if you watch, and I know that they had a play certainly to forget on Sunday, arguably the play of the game, that big punt return by Jamal Agnew. If you watch the punt game, Luke Rhodes oftentimes as a long snapper is down there like in position to make plays. And you don't typically see that from guys like that. So, in all seriousness, like, Great story. Football guy. Yeah. And and credit to him for, you know, obviously (laughs) not only learning how to be a long snapper, but now signing a couple of contract extensions. You know, it was Friday afternoon. It was like, ah, the weekend's here. I'm like, you know what? Let's throw out a little tongue in cheek retweet of (laughs) that announcement. So I tweeted, um, four win team from last season gives contract extension to returning player. Again, a little tongue-in-cheek. First off, it is a long snapper. I think you know I can acknowledge that. Uh, but secondly, uh, that certainly goes against a Chris Ballard comment from less than two weeks ago about 
why no contract extensions have been given to Taylor or really any Colt player for that matter. And he uttered the phrase, we won four games last season. I did that a couple of times. So obviously that tweet has no mention of Jonathan Taylor anywhere in it. And all of a sudden, I look down at my phone, I don't know, after 20, 30 minutes, and so, I see So that, it was pretty immediate then. It was Friday night. It was, you know, within yeah, a half I, an hour or so. I was okay. watching Ben Shelton and Djokovic maybe okay. in set two. I was disappointed you guys didn't stop by the house for that. Um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I see that Malki Kawa, the agent of Jonathan Taylor, has liked said tweet. Uh, Malki does not follow me. And... Really? Okay. There is no Taylor mention in that tweet. So he obviously had to have been alerted to that some way, shape, or form. My Twitter algorithm, I don't think, would have just flashed that one up there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe his is different than mine. I mean, maybe, but- maybe it did. If he's got Indianapolis, does he have you on a list? Do you have to follow people to put Kevin Bowen on a list? That's a I great figured, question. I figured he followed you and some other media gas bags I, I, in the area. Yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately, my, my gas bag did not huh. make it on, on, onto that list, or at least I don't think it did. Um, but I, I, when I saw that, Andy, you know, part of me is like, is this just like a poking of the bear? Because what did Jim Irsay say? I guess now about a month ago in that broadcast booth during the preseason. He said, Chris Ballard needs to calm the waters. That that was a phrase that Jim Irsay uttered. Now, you can look at this from a mature approach and say, this is a long snapper that's making a little over $1 million a year. It's not, in the grand scheme of things, that big of a deal. That would be the mature approach and, and maybe a little bit more of a, Let's not get too deep into this. Right. This is not Pittman getting a five-year extension Correct. and you know forty-five, fifty million dollars guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, right. you're not extending Zach Moss exactly. All of a sudden, <laughs> right? But you know what? This situation hasn't been handled in a mature manner. So when these sorts of things happen, the other side is going to take that and immediately look at it with what. You're being what? Incon- you're being oh inconsistent. My, how dare you do right. that to my client? Right or wrong? It's like the Ursay tweet from the start at camp. I don't think Ursay directly met that at Jonathan Taylor, but as soon as you throw in agents are acting in bad faith at the end of that tweet, doesn't matter. Yep. Now you have thrown some gasoline on the fire. And I think at, as stupid as it might sound, a little contract extension for Luke Rhodes is just a little bit more gasoline on the fire. And, and bigger picture, this is the question that I have. And I remember saying this back in March, Andy, when the Colts gave out all that money for Matt Gay to be their kicker. You can invest a lot at kicker if you'd like to, but in no way, shape, or form can that impact other more pertinent, necessary moves on your roster. You can make the salary cap gymnastics work if you want to Mm -hmm. and give Matt Gay that contract, but don't get in a room and for one second you're debating over adding a whiteout to your team and saying, man, guys, I don't, you know, if we had an extra million, I think we could do that. Well, is the extra million sitting in the kicker's contract? Is the extra 500,000 sitting in Luke Rhodes' contract? Because if that's the case, then I've got a bigger issue with all of this. And this gets back to something that I brought up yesterday. I've said three years for $39 million is something I'd put in front of Taylor. I'm not sure the Colts would do that. And the question I have off of that, Andy, is, is all the investment you've made at non-premium positions, and you can throw kicker in there, you can throw sure. long snapper in yes, there. Yes, you can. Is that 
impacting how you're looking at Taylor's contract? I don't know the answer to that, to be totally fair, but it's a question that I have. Because the reality of this is Luke Rhodes learned how to become a long snapper in the NFL. Andy, no one's learning how to play quarterback in the NFL. No one is learning how to play left tackle in the NFL. No one is learning how to play, frankly, 21 Mm-mm. of the other positions on the field. Oh, and I guess yeah, a bunch specials. of places. Yeah. So his story tells you everything you need to know about your investment at that position. So that's where Luke Rhodes, he deserves to be paid handsomely. But if that situation or the Matt Gay situation, if that is all of a sudden impacting your reluctancy to pay Jonathan Taylor... That's where I have an issue. Luke Rhodes. I mean, that does sound like a country act, does it not? Luke Rhodes. I thought Ben Shelton did too, right? <laughs> ben, Sh- mm-hmm. ben Shelton and Luke Rhodes sound like they go on on you know they they go on uh, concerts together, do they not? They go on a little tour together Opening around the country. Luke Combs or something. Luke yeah. Rhodes <laughs> does not look like an NFL long snapper, by the way. That is a credit to him. Luke Rhodes looks like he's a power lifter. He looks like he could play. He looks like he played linebacker in the NFL. He does look. He has more of a line. He has a backup linebacker look. That's yeah. the look that he has, and not a long snapper. Listen, man, a- am I, I'm with a- you. No, no. I, I, am I too much into that? No. Should Malki Kawa have an issue with that? I guess let's go well, there first. I, I think uh, here's what it is. It's a little inconsistent. Okay, now they can do what they want. I mean, but it is inconsistent. The other side of that is there's nuance to all of these. Not everything is black or white. The nuance is this is a long snapper making a fraction of what your yeah, client. I think the extension was four years for six point four million. So exactly again, a little over north north of a one million per year. I guess my question would be this. Did you really need to do it then? Well, I, after you I, made listen, that comp, like, I, listen, is I'm with Luke you. Rhodes going to be all of a sudden, you know, is his agent going to be frustrated by that? Could you wait till midseason? I mean, hell, don't you have a new special teams coordinator? If you're Jonathan Taylor's camp, aren't you saying, wait, I thought everyone was getting a getting evaluated? Yeah, it's a four win team. You no, know, like it's inconsistent. So that's where I think it's just one of these situations where. Calm the waters. That, the, and I don't know. Maybe this doesn't ruffle anything. If Kyle was liking the tweet and seeking it out, clearly he got wind of it. And I would assume him liking the tweet is a reference of, yeah, I saw it and I'm not happy about it. So and he, is this just one more dig? Is this just one more little seventh grade relationship? I'm going to whatever, take down my picture of you on the locker or inside a Yeah, I don't know. Is this just Absolutely. another one of those things? Yeah, you, you mentioned gasoline on the fire. It's not, you know, Michael Pittman gets an extension. I mean, that's that's a tank of gas on the fire. But it is Luke, something Ro- on Luke, the fire. Luke Rhodes might be a drop, okay? But there's going to be a little bit of a flame. Well, here's the thing. Now, my man KB's got a lot of followers. You have damn near 43,000 followers. He's got a scout out there watching you. Kawa? Absolutely. He's got someone watching you. So I need to watch what I'm saying? Well, now, no, I, no, I, no. The very opposite. You need to reach out to him. You and him are boys. DM him. Have I him did, come on the show at 9 o'clock. I did tweet during the game on Sunday. I go, uh, well, I, I certainly have made some comments where I think his actions are beyond immature. So I, if he clips this out, I don't think he's going to be coming on the show anytime soon. Um, you had on Sunday, and I think it was maybe... I forget which Deion Jackson play it was after. Was it after the first fumble? Was it after the first drop? Or was it after the second fumble? I, I, I forget which one it was, but I tweeted, I can only imagine what Jonathan Taylor's agent is thinking of this game. 
I'm trying to. I'm going. I'm going through your tweets. I, I don't pay for Twitter, so I can only go like ten tweets back. So I can go like a day, a day and a half for you. So sorry. And, and Rodney, uh, Rodney points this out, and I, I said this after Chris Boward spoke. You know, I guess we're approaching two weeks ago. At that point, he goes. Speaking of maturity, I'm still waiting for either Jonathan Taylor or Malky Kawa to actually speak publicly like a man and explain their position and demands. I think Jonathan Taylor needs to, needs to speak. And, and when I say speak, just dial up the notes app. Type up whatever you feel necessary. You're a smart dude. Um, reread it a thousand times. Make sure your comma usage is not Patrick Mahomes' comma usage. And send out whatever you feel is necessary. You can control the message. I'm not saying you need to call a press conference, but kudos to Chris Bauer for getting up there and answering questions for a half hour. Agree or disagree with them. I appreciated that aspect to it. The Taylor camp, uh, they've been yeah. pissy throughout. Well, And I can't think of a player that has that has kind of went that way. Saquon Barkley was very open yeah. in multiple formats. Josh Jacobs was uh, very much Even talking. Chris Jones. You go back to last spring, Andy, and you did have Kenny Moore. It, wasn't, it was more of a sit-in than a hold-in, hold-out, however you want to describe it. But Kenny Moore did speak to the media um, there late in the spring. And that I guess that's the last time we heard from Taylor. When Moore got to camp, he pretty much just said, all right, you know, that's done with. I'm now moving on. Obviously, we haven't heard from Taylor since mid-June. But as I brought up in the 7 o'clock hour, uh, this would be the day to make a running back move with Evan Hall suffering a knee injury in the game on Monday or in the game on Sunday. Right now, your only healthy running back on the 53-man roster is Deion Jackson. We'll see where Zach Moss is at, but I would be a little surprised if we got to the end of the day and we saw nothing running back-wise for the Colts. Reminder, Zach Kiefer going to join us at 9. Zach Osterman following IU at 9.30 here on The Fan. I just I want to throw this out because I think we mentioned this about 45 minutes ago, and since we're back to a little bit of Jonathan Taylor talking, obviously last hour, you can check out the podcast. He was not in the building. Will he travel uh, to Houston? I mean, obviously, I don't think if he's not going to be driving down the street to go to uh, Lucas Oil, I think that answers that. You believe then Monday... Because this is a question that I put on our little Google Doc here. Does, you know, I, I, I guess knowing Taylor wasn't in the building and what happened on Sunday, does that make you as a fan want to see Taylor gone more? Right? Like, does it, does it, does it get the zest in your body that let's trade him? Or does it make you yearn to have him back uh, and to have the Colts work out something, whether it be one year, five years, three years, or anything in between? By the way, the latter I don't think is going to happen. I mean, he's not even going to games. He ain't coming back. Yeah, I, it's a question that I should probably throw to Shane Steichen tomorrow of was this mutual? You know, was this something where the Colts said, hey, man, uh, you're going to be a distraction on the sidelines, right or wrong. The camera is just always going to want to follow you, and, and we don't want that. Um, you have, you know, I got a text right here from from Kirk. Kirk goes, wait, Jonathan Taylor wasn't there? If he wasn't, he's dead to me, and I'm guessing some teammates. You know, that is probably an opinion that some people have. I don't, just judging by the immediate reaction, I don't think that's the overwhelming. Yeah, but that's what I thought. My initial, reaction, thought, right, my initial right. thought was, Kurt, is there's going to be a bunch of fans who don't like, who do not sure. like that, especially when he's making his full contract right now it with the team. It almost seems like I would side a little bit on the mutual. You know, just by the fact of he shows up to the complex, he rehabs, and then he goes home. Like, it's not like this was a surprise, right. necessarily. Obviously, I would agree. In, in, in training camp, Andy, things really changed after about, what, 10 days? He showed up to 
two practices, maybe the rest of camp. He wasn't at practice any of last week. Like, I don't think Sun and I get it, games maybe are are different. You know, his support for Deion Jackson and Jake Funk and, and Evan Hall, maybe that should that should be there publicly. And I guess what else are the players gonna say? They continue to speak relatively highly of Jonathan Taylor, uh, especially in that running back room. Again, I, I probably should act like I wasn't born yesterday and realize they probably aren't going to say too, too much different than than that. Um, I, it's a, it's, you know what it is? It's a fan thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a fan thing. It's a football thing where everyone's supposed to be all in and a guy is not all in and the running backs are struggling and, you know, Jonathan Taylor, could he really help Deion Jackson hold on to the football in that split second where guys are hanging on to Would his Would you arm? be good no. if Jonathan Taylor was texting Deion Jackson and talking to him when he is in the facility? Would that be enough or do you need to see him physically in person on the sidelines talking to him on the bench after a fumble? Now, you mentioned, I want, I wrote two names down for you. Guys that had to learn different positions in the NFL. Can you think of any? The only ones I could think of. Didn't Blake Bell have to do that? Did, was he was the Oklahoma quarterback who became a Kansas City tight end? I think he's. I think he had a catch the other night. Probably had a touchdown. Did he have night. a touchdown the other night? He may have. Blake Bell was one. Remember they Remember him in Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then do you, you remember? You're really pulling at well you know, I, I, this straws was, here. Matt Jones. Matt Jones was the Arkansas quarterback and turned into a wide receiver in Jacksonville before he got himself out Terrell of the league. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor's the other one. There you go. That's the only ones I can think of. Gosh, Braxton look at you. Miller. <laughs> Braxton Was he a Miller. wide out? Yeah, wide. For, for how long? I, I, I just don't remember much of him. I thought he was always a gadget guy. I was surprised. Speaking of gadget guys, Isaiah McKenzie won snap. I, I think for an offense that's looking I'm to surprised by that. inject a little bit of life, I would like to see more usage out of Isaiah McKenzie, a guy that I think with the ball in his hands can... Uh, do some things. Again, Zach Kiefer going to join us at 9. He was at the Colts game, wrote on Anthony Richardson. Uh, I thought he asked a great question to Trevor Lawrence about post-game on Sunday, what uh, Lawrence said to Richardson and then Zach Osterman at 9.30 to talk. Taven Jackson becoming the IU starter and the news of Indiana buying out their 2024 game with Louisville and going to put an FCS opponent on the schedule for that. One thing I do want to ask Zach is in relation to, you know, the other kind of news item from yesterday with Shane Steichen, and Andy. I wanted to get some clarity on just what Richardson was dealing with physically. From the sound of it, Richardson suffered a bruised knee on that first, actually it was his first NFL carry. It was that design run, it almost looked a little triple option like, uh, ran for like 10 or 11 yards, got a first down. He was limping pretty good right after that play. He hops up, stays in the game, throws a great ball to Josh Downs, mm-hmm. arguably his best throw of the day. A couple of plays later, stays in it. And then at the end, Steichen said he could have gone back in after taking that hit. You want to hear it? But he, sure. Yeah, you want to hear it? Here's Steichen yesterday. We had the knee he was dealing with during the game, um, and then he just had a little bit of ankle soreness um, this morning. Um, but, like, at the end of the game, like, he could have went in those last two plays, but just for precaution reason, just left him out, you know, those last two plays. Hmm. So, I, I, I bring this up to say, Andy, in a game where you have some people saying Anthony Richardson should have ran it more, to help out your offense, he suffers a bruised knee, and he also suffers again a little bit of ankle soreness. Now, you know, maybe we just chalk this up to welcome to life as a running quarterback, and you're going to have to play through it. Um, I think you also could look at it and say, 
are these hits going to add up? You know, I mean, this is something that he really... At, the answer is yes. At Florida, again, it was just 13 games. If you look at his time at Florida, um, even going back to high school, he missed the final month of his high school career due to a right shoulder injury. Uh, early on at Florida, before he became a full, full-time full starter, it, there was a hamstring injury. There was a knee injury that, that led to surgery as well. So... I just think you have to ask these questions when you have running style quarterbacks. And again, it sounds like he will be good to go this week, but here he is with a knee bruise. Here he is with ankle soreness in his first ever NFL game. And I just think hits feel differently at this level. I mean, these dudes are going to get cleaner shots on him. They're going to get more shots on him. Um, his ability to outrun and, you know, a 5'9", 180-pound corner, that's not it, too abundant. It's not Missouri. At this level, I mean... <laughs> it's not Vanderbilt. To use the phrase I was going to say. <laughs> it ain't Vandy, that baby. you always use. This is not Vanderbilt. This ain't Vandy. I'm sorry, Clark Lee and the uh, head coach in the unfinished stadium there uh, in, in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. I, I took it... Li- listen, you, you're right. To me, it's not even week two. It's week like like six, <laughs> like you know when we start getting into the the real grind of uh, of this long NFL. Yeah, I mean, you schedule. don't have a bye week until what week 10, was, 11? I was gonna say nine, ten, ten, eleven. Yeah, the 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 way I took it as well. I, I wonder if you feel this way. Is well, he could have gone back in the game if they score there, KB. If they take the field goal or on the third or fourth down, they score their touchdown there. Does he go back in the game? Because you're saying could have went back in the game. Okay, well you're 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 still like if he gets it, you're still in if the they game. Get the onside even, kick. even though you're down ten, yeah. the chance of you tying the game or winning the game there is very low. We all understand that, but there is there is a chance, right? I mean, it's it's a minuscule chance, but there is some percentage uh, of a chance. So he didn't go back in the game there. Okay, I fair enough. I I, I don't think anyone is questioning Steichen. It's a ten point game. He doesn't go in, but if you take the field goal on fourth down or even on third down, uh, you keep your time out uh, and, you know, you score a touchdown on that little out to the left that they tried to get with Gardner Minshew, then what? Then what? I mean, and I'm saying now you got to get the onside kick. Listen, it's it's kind of a deep scenario, but I'm it's saying just, if he could have yeah. gone back in the game, then what? Uh, Andy, to me, it's more of, you know, and again, Trevor Lawrence says to him after the game, hey, man, try and protect yourself as best you can. You know, those things do add up over time. And, you know, yesterday or Sunday was his 14th start since high school. It is, and this is something that I will repeat a lot over the next few months, it is beyond vital that when we get to, whatever, week 17 with the Raiders or the season finale against the Texans, that Anthony Richardson is still upright and still playing quarterback because he needs these reps. A big reason why the Trey Lance thing hasn't worked out is because he hasn't been available. You don't really know what you have with Trey Lance. The Colts need to know what they have with Anthony Richardson. I think there's something there, but you've got to get him in the settings like he faced on Sunday. He's got to throw the ball at this level and get used to reading defenses and making big-time throws and all of those things. So that's where I think it's unusual for us to have to deal with with a Colts quarterback like this, we're not used to Colts quarterbacks running. Obviously, Andrew Luck did get, you know, he lacerated a kidney, uh, you know, making a play, trying to make a play outside of the pocket. But 
certainly recently we haven't had quarterbacks uh, in this market that have gotten outside of the pocket and made any plays. But if you look at the two plays that Richardson got hurt on, it was both plays of him, you know, one design run and one scramble. So that's where I think it is just something to continue to watch as NFL-type hits start to get to him. And last night, and I always find this just wild. I mean, you watched Josh Allen last night. He's taking way too like, many hits. Dude, way too many out hits. of bounds is open to you. You do not need to try and sidestep a defender after already converting the third and five and try and get two more yards. Like, and I know so much of that can be just innate feel, um, and it makes it's part of what makes these players special in a way. But also, you've got to realize use the sideline to your advantage. And on both those Richardson plays, he couldn't get to the sideline. But slide, use the sideline. No down and distance. No time and score. Trevor Lawrence had a couple slides in in. You know, the middle of the field on Sunday, that has got to become a little bit more part of the Richardson repertoire. You mentioned, it's funny, I think, I think KB, you put the number last week at 8.5 or 9.5 on the over-under carry, was it carries or designed runs for Richardson? So yeah, I went and looked, so he had 10 carries on Sunday. I want I'm, I'm I'm imagining how many of those were designed runs. Seven? That that needs to be something we probably uh we keep track of. We need like an intern to do that. That's like an intern's <laughs> job. Hey, go watch the game again and count how many times it was a, not a scramble, a designed right. run up the middle. And I again, mean, a lot of people would argue he should have had if you're purely trying to get more offensive production, you can make the argument he should have had more. Well, yeah, given that Deion Jackson, you, Evan yeah. Hall, and Jake Funk are the guys behind him. Especially sure. when you look at your running like back gonna, situation. He's going to lead them in rushing and signing going to be close, right? Unless Deion Jackson or somebody yeah. breaks off some yeah. Brees Hall-type uh, runs yeah. like we saw last Zach night. Zach Moss all of a sudden becomes your number one back and you get more Perhaps there. Zach Moss, if he can stay healthy and if he plays this week. I, I have. I want to ask you guys, we're going to do next segment like an overreaction, underreaction. I, I just Him hobbling makes me think we're going to get a little bit of Minshew there. This season. That's why they have Minshew. We're going to get some Minshew. Before we get to the morning check down, obviously one player that we certainly should have mentioned as a player that switched positions, um, Antoine Randall-L. Of course. Of the, course. Uh, you know, certainly Randall-L. one of the poster childs. I guess what's a little Cannot different. Cannot believe I didn't think of that. What's a little different about Luke Rhodes, and I, I, you know, you have guys, Andy, that play one position in college and then they get to the combine and they're like, no, 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 you're going to play this position right. at the NFL level. Luke Rhodes literally entered the NFL and for a couple of years, um, at least one full season, he was a linebacker. I mean, he was on the Colts roster as a linebacker and then learned the long snapping craft after that. You know, guys like, I guess Terrell Pryor would have been just a flat out move a little bit deeper into into his NFL career. But I feel like most of the Randall L types, uh, they are a you know dual threat quarterback in college, and then they make the switch to why yeah, Who is the Kentucky quarterback? I'm thinking of Lynn Bowden. Dra- yeah, Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden. You know, Lynn, Lynn Bowden knew he was going to be a gadget guy, wide receiver. Right. Randall L knew Before he wasn't going to be. Yeah, yeah, Randall L knew he wasn't going to be a quarterback going into the yeah. NFL. Uh, all right, let's lead off a morning check down with certainly the news item from last night. The morning check down. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
All right, Jets uh, winners. Don't say losers. Ultimately, they were losers. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, news. I saw Adam Schefter was on ESPN a couple minutes ago. They will sign a quarterback, but the thought is they're going to go forward with Zach Wilson, and then when he stinks it up or gets injured because that line is leaky, uh, it'll be somebody else. No (laughs) shots of Mrs. Wilson in the stands last night. The more uh, shots the, of uh, the, Jordan Love's mom than we did of Zach Wilson's. In oh, one. really? That was highly disappointed. Did we really? I don't know if I've seen the mother of Jordan Love. Is that you something had, I need to look did, up? Didn't we get a lot of the no. uh, Hutchinson no. family <laughs> on Thursday Night Football? Yeah, we did. We did get a lot mm-hmm. of that. Here's Salah after the game. Deal with the quarterback real quick. Sorry, sorry, Real quick. Concerned with his Achilles. Uh, MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen. So prayers tonight, but it's not good. Uh, Not good there. Do you want to hear the end of the game? Do you want to hear the punt return on ESPN New York? Hard knocks action, right? Do you want to hear it? Undrafted kid. And getting away, a line drive kick of Sam Martin. Gibson runs under it at the Jet 35. Starts to his left. Gets to the 40. Turns the corner at the 45-50. Blockers in front at the 40. At the Bills 30. Inside the 20. Stutter steps to the 10. To the 5. Touchdown! It's a Jet touchdown! This game is over! That's a great call, by the way. It's great a fa- call. It's a fantastic the call. The tackle attempt by Bills punter Sam Martin, <laughs> one of the funnier things you will see. So the Jets went, Josh Allen, I don't know what was happening last night. Like, yes, he is an aggressive football player. That dude was playing hero ball. Like, it was Monday night. Fo- you were thought it was his first ever Monday night football start, and he was just trying to, he thought he could do no wrong. It's like, dude. You guys have a lead, and Zach Wilson can't move the ball. He's throwing picks right to Matt Milano. Just I, I I'm the man. The Bills the, frustrate I, me. I, I, I just I can't get I on board be with a the Bills. I'm a supporter of the Bills. I love their fan base. I like Josh Allen, but man. Do you love their fan base? Oh, like, I enough. love the okay, college yeah, feel to it. I, I, I think it's awesome. Like enough. Uh, yeah, but we get it. You jump off a table. You yeah, wear that with the Zubaz pants or whatever, you jump off a table. More than that. I, I, I just <laughs> love the fact that you've got an NFL team in a market like Buffalo. <laughs> you ever been to Buffalo? Sure. Been to multiple uh, Bills games. You? I was born yeah. in Niagara Falls. How about that? I forgot about right that. Right next door. In the water? That's crazy. Uh, yes, I was. Could have been Canadian. Could never run for president. Uh, Eagles-Vikings. That's Thursday Night Football <laughs> coming up this week. All right. A quiet day on the Diamond Major League Baseball, but the Cubs did have some late inning drama. Jan Gomes with, was a two-run single mark? Was that yes, what it sir. was? Uh-huh. Uh, they beat the Rockies late last night. So, still kind of clinging to a chance in the NL Central. Uh, most importantly, though, from a playoff standpoint, uh, they are in second in the wild card, two games up. Arizona is in third. You've got the Marlins and Giants a game and a half back, and the Reds Ooh. two and a half back as they get things started two. in Detroit. No more funny Red Sounders. It's football season. We we move on. No, no. Uh, Mark will uh, still no, take it. coming. <laughs> David Jackson named uh, quarterback at IU and Chris Jones signs his one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, coming up, Zach Kiefer at 9, and it'll be Zach Osterman at 9.30. More on that, Taven Jackson, and more on Indiana buying out a game with Louisville coming up in 2024. I know Andy's got some thoughts on that, but on the other side, we'll get to some overreactions from the NFL weekend. We'll do that next here. It's a wake-up call. KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The fan. 
Busy 9 o'clock hour coming up. Zach Kiefer going to join us at the top of the hour. Zach Osterman as well. Uh, should I do KB just a second on this Indiana game uh, against yeah. against Louisville, them backing out of the series, and then we can jump into some week one uh, overreactions? So a little bit of background, right? Okay, they're going to play at Lucas Oil coming up Saturday at noon. We know that. The series also had games in 24 and 25. Yeah, one, uh, one at Louisville, one at Indiana. Yeah. So that's what the contract looked like. And now the report yesterday from Zach Osterman, he'll join us in an hour, is that Indiana will buy out, I want to say it's just over a million, uh, that's going to cost them to buy out the Louisville game for next season. They will add an FCS opponent onto this. From the IU standpoint, I think the reason for this would be they stink at football <laughs> and they need as many wins as possible Coupled with the Big Ten's expanding to nine conference games, obviously they're getting better teams in their conference as well, so the challenge to get to six will up the ante even more for Indiana. Your thoughts? Well, I listen, I have... Uh, I have... <laughs> I struggle with this one because, you know, we talked about nuance uh, and having nuanced conversations with Jonathan Taylor's agent liking your tweet. You know, like, yes, it, it's the Colts are being inconsistent with giving Luke Rhodes a contract, but on top of it, he's making pennies compared to what Jonathan Taylor is trying to make in his next deal. But I just, I, I laugh at all of these schools and I laugh at all of these coaches and no, I'm sorry, at this level of football, you should not be playing an FCS team. I'm sorry. We, we It should not be there. I am a proponent of Power 5 schools need to play Power 5 schools. And I understand this is the easiest sports radio to take to have is to club Indiana over the head. The nuanced part of the conversation is I understand. They're trying to get to a bowl game. And in the end, and I've said this, KB, when I followed Kentucky football, they won 10 games. Do you remember every 10 game they won? Every game they won? No. Because if you beat Akron, a couple months, you know, you know, it reminds me of. Well, to be say, fair, Akron. I mean, some of these MAC schools are different than playing an FCS. Uh, team. Agreed, agreed. But you're going to. I mean, you're so, you have so many advantages, okay? And they have to come to you and everything else. It, it we forget, just like we're going to forget the Colts defense played pretty good in Week One, but it shows 31 points. You know, people are going to look at that and say, "Well, the Colts defense, what are they? Are they any good? They allowed 31 points." So eventually, we move away from this. And if Indiana won six games, and you know they had an FCS team, and I understand the Big Ten is getting better but it is punting and and what kills me is and listen I, I have no issue with Tom Allen but Tom Allen is all about toughness and grit and being relentless and scheduling a bleeping FCS team like Louisville's not even a good team they might be a good team. We shall see. They might be a good team this year, next year, in a couple years. I mean, don't I think the SEC Jeff schools will be fine? Don't the SEC schools do the FCS song ha- and dance? I hate it. I just, I just, I absolutely, I absolutely hate yeah. it. I, I am much more of a power, like like Power Five. If it's not a Power Five, then you dip into the American or you dip into Conference USA yeah, Char- in West, Western Kentucky. I think it's Charlotte and FIU. Those are the other two non-conference games. I am curious this, and I know that Indiana, obviously, they're at the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten, but do we start to see more of this from Big Ten and SEC teams in that, that, now, Georgia, we saw them, didn't they just buy out, or they, did they buy out with Oklahoma and then added Ball State? Yeah. Like, is that something that we start to see? I think... 
you know, Ohio State Notre Dame. Right now, they're in this home and home. It, would that be the case had Ohio State known the conference would expand? Like, are we going to get to a point where Big Ten teams? Granted, there are many tiers to the Big Ten conference. I don't want to compare Indiana to Ohio State. But are the other conference schools going to say, guys, our conference is so darn tough well, now. That, that's yeah. We don't have time or energy or however you want to say it to have difficult games in the well, non-conference. How, how, how far are we going to go then? Is South Carolina going to play Clemson? Are Louisville and Kentucky going to yeah. play? Are you know fill in, mm-hmm. fill in Florida, the, Florida, yeah, State. Florida, yeah. Florida State going to play? Uh, Florida, Miami, and some of these different ones? I mean, just think of them. Like, like, to me, on top of it, for the big boys, and this is not Tom Allen, obviously, for like a Georgia or Oklahoma, like... There's 12 spots now in the playoff, <laughs> right? There's 12 spots now. So to have more of these games, I, I, I just I don't think you learn anything about your team. I don't think that that Indiana learned anything about their team playing Indiana State. Louisville's coming off a Murray State game. I don't think they learn anything. It's a glorified buy, and a lot of times you have programs and teams and players who should not. be be on the same field as Nick Saban's team, as Kirby Smart's team. And it's just, it's college coaches. And this is what's always irked me. That's why I love uh, color, uh, covering more pro sports with you, KB, is is it's it's all about toughness and it's all about team and it's all about this or that. And then they want to schedule. Go look right now. I, I Go look at Kentucky's non-conference schedule. And they're very much the team that would cancel the Louisville game down the road if, if, if the SEC. Mark Stoops does not want to see um, the SEC expand their games like the Big Ten has and add another conference game and they're going to add another conference game in the next couple years. It is absolutely going to happen. I mean, they play nobody for a month. Yeah, I, I, think, I just it, I, It's an easy take for me to have and guess what? You talked about it during the break now you can talk about it on air. Indiana fans don't care, I don't think. But but down the street, you're you're being made fun of. I mean, whether, whether you care or not and, and Indiana has, has yelled and screamed about playing Kentucky in basketball yeah, it's just the, um, I think it's the unfortunate reality of where we're at with college athletics because pretty much everybody does it. Um, it's why, like, when college basketball season rolls around, I love the fact that, and I think, you know, I love the fact that Purdue's playing Alabama and Canada this year. I love that Indiana did a home and home with Kansas. Love it. Um, the neutral totally site agree. game with Arizona last year in, in, in Vegas. And I get when you're in a 30 game college basketball season. One game doesn't necessarily make or break things, whereas when you get into college football, there's more onuses on those games. But to me, you know, and Notre Dame is an independent, so they probably aren't a great example of it. But, like, remember when Oregon went to the, and I know they're about to be conference foes, remember when Oregon went to the horseshoe mm-hmm. and beat Ohio State yeah. a couple of years they ago? Plan, they planted well, the flag I mean, like midfield. Florida yeah, at Utah to start the season here this year. Those are the types of, like, moments and experiences I love about college athletics. Totally and it just agree. seems like we will slowly, uh, maybe not even slowly, we're just going to get away from that. And, again, if you're Indiana, They look at it and they say, it's more important to pay a million dollars for a win because we have got to get to six. And if you're that coaching staff, you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, if I'm evaluated all these wins, why aren't we doing the same thing that a lot of programs, to be fair, are doing? And let's get out of this because the Big Ten is going to be much more tougher 
than it has. You been. know, Louisville's like an eight-win team, and it's like, yeah, we don't want to play that eight-win team. It's not like you're playing. It's not like you're adding Alabama to the schedule either. Like, if, like you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like Louisville not, isn't Indiana. It's not a. Top, you're not adding a top-tier right. team. They could be that in a few years with Jeff Brom, but I mean, come on. We know it's tough to break into the big boy club in college football. It would be one of those things for the IU fan base. Would you rather watch your team beat Indiana State forty-one to nothing, or play Cincinnati in the home and home that you just yeah. had a few years ago? You lost both those games, if but you, I mean, if it you was know, if it you, was an inter- I mean, it was one of the best atmospheres Memorial Stadium seen in quite some time when they played Cincinnati. You know, a couple of years ago it, in that home game, it's not even that. Would you rather see playing a Cincinnati or a Louisville or somebody like that, or playing a six and six bowl game while you're in the middle of college basketball, following the Hoosiers and Purdue and everything else? We're going to follow around. when you've had the bowl win drought of Indiana. I think Who it can, might be. I don't know. You're going to play playing Dece- Central December, Michigan in the Motor December City, December fourteenth at, at two o'clock game. in the afternoon while Jake's on the air. Oh, come on. Relentless! I'm still surprised by this 10-point spread. Relentless! Louisville, a 10-point favorite. Did I see Syracuse a slight favorite over Purdue on the road? This, yeah, I mean, Garrett Schrader's, a good, Garrett Schrader's a pretty good quarterback. Dino has a great beard. Babers is still there somehow. Two-and-a-half-point favorite. Boy, Purdue is on NBC coming up Saturday night. That is a 7.30 kick <laughs> from Ross A. Again, Indiana and Louisville, that is a noon game over at Lucas Oil Stadium, Big Ten Network. Louisville is favored by 10. It's a lot of points. Uh, let's do our overreactions on the other side. Is we'll that, that okay? Yeah, let's do that Wasted coming up 10 next. Minutes there, Zach sorry. Kiefer at 9. Zach Osterman, more on that coming up at 9.30. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy right here on The Fan. Zach Kiefer going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes. Top of the hour, we'll talk some NFL and some Colts with him. Zach Osterman will join us at about 9.30 or so. Uh, Do you want to do these overreactions that I have? We're going to try this. We're going to be breaking in some new segments. Mark has sent away for some imaging, some radio imaging. You like radio imaging? Go ahead. You put your finger up. Yeah, Go no, ahead. What I do just you have? To make something sure, break? No, I just want to make sure that we stuck this in because I know it was a debate that we had earlier in regards to Jonathan Taylor. I um, saw so this from Stephen Holder, and Stephen scheduled to join us at his normal 8 o'clock slot tomorrow. Um, the team requested for Jonathan Taylor not to be in attendance. Okay, well, that, that's a big on, deal. To me, that's Sundays. a big deal. On, on Sunday. So Why I know do you that think was, that was? Should we talk about that this segment? I, Why do you I, think that is? I, I just think a little bit from... Uh, a distraction standpoint or a you know it doesn't you you've expressed desire not to be here so we don't want you here whereas the other injured guys have not expressed that sort of of desire so i understand why the colts did it um to me i don't think it's like the biggest deal in the world i just think it's another reminder of these two sides are extremely far apart extremely far apart. But it's something that Shane Steichen, when he speaks, what is it, tomorrow with you guys? Yeah, I guess he would you, confirm he, well, Stephen's report. I mean, wh- why, if, why, would that be the, why would that be the case? I, I, I think that's interesting. When, yeah, you're, like when Deion Jackson is mm-hmm. fumbling, you know, could, could he be of help? Would he want to yeah. be of help? I mean, I think all those uh, storylines uh, are pretty much overrated. All right, so I'm going to read five things to you, okay, guys? And you tell me if this is a week one overreaction. In fact, I'm going to throw in a college football one as well, okay? You guys may disagree with me. We'll get some fun imaging. We'll get the big voice guy to say some stuff, and we'll make it a six, seven-minute segment, whatever it may be, uh, every single Tuesday because Mondays are too wild. 
wild and plus a Monday Night Football game, something always happens. Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles. Uh, the Jets have a magical win and Josh Allen stinks it up. All of that happened last night for Monday Night Football. Plus, I mean, Aikman last night. I know you guys were watching the Manning cast. Zach Wilson comes in, KB, and he goes, Zach Wilson's ready for the moment. <laughs> like Zach Wilson hasn't been ready for the, mo- <laughs> for the moment three years, man. Aikman. Go back to BYU. Who are you watching, Aikman? Aikman trying to Come make a run at Mrs. Wilson here? I mean, what are you doing, Aikman? Stop it. Uh, and Aikman ruined my childhood. Anyway, uh, my listen, my first overreaction, I think the Dolphins win the AFC East. I, I like th- it. I, I think they win, and I don't think the Jets are going to win eight games. Now, is that because of what Rogers, the uh, Rogers situation? I was going to say, would night? you have said that before last night, or is this just a no, no. Aaron Rodgers well, reaction? The, I feel even more comfortable because the Jets now are going to be an easy win. I, I'm sorry. Defensively, they'll hold up. But in the end, that offensive line and Zach Wilson are not going to be anywhere. Zach Wilson cannot play quarterback in the NFL. I'd rather have Gardner Minshew 10 times. Uh, what, what's the saying? 10 times in, in, on Sunday? What's the saying, KB? Help me here. Every day, including on Sunday, yeah, I can't something remember. Something line. like that. Uh, so, yeah, Dolphins win the AFC East. I'm not sold on their defense. We so they won see. seven last year and lost their last six. So you you don't have them getting to eight this year? I, I think you're looking at, if you gave me an over-under, I'd put that over-under at six and a half or seven and a half right now. Boy, with the, with the Dolphins, bad, man. again, they are so explosive offensively. I think your worries there is just Tua holding up for 17 games. Slash, do they have enough on defense. I mean, they had to win a shootout with, you know, albeit a good Chargers offense, certainly, but that would be the the concern that I have there. That that division, though, I mean, I think you can make the argument from one to four, it's one of, if not the deepest in all of football. I mean, New England had a great chance late to beat Philly. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, New, New England's getting even, praise even like in their with, loss. You know, even, I, I don't think... I don't view the Jets as just like, oh, it's it's two or three wins. I mean, hell, they no, won last night. No, I view them night. more of six or seven. Seven, um, maybe. But I think, I, I think that division from one to four is one of, if not the best, in the league. Uh, Bengals, a fringe playoff team. Bengals fighting for their lives. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm nervous, man. I mean, that was a bad showing. Uh, Cleveland is a better team. I still think Pittsburgh is going to be, not fine, but I think Pittsburgh and, and, and Cincinnati, that's always a game where, you know, Pittsburgh, if they split or Pittsburgh won those games, that wouldn't be surprising. And I picked Baltimore to win that division. The Bengals scared me with the way they played on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to chalk a little yeah, I'm going to chalk a little bit up uh, of that to mother nature, obviously Burrow's injury situation. What I think is interesting to point out about the first two things that you bring up though, Andy, you bring up the AFC East and the AFC North. And in some way shape or form we've said there's no easy outs mm-hmm. in those two divisions. So that's obviously 6 of your 17 games. It just is another reminder of how big of a joke the AFC South is in that I'm looking at this Colts Texans game on Sunday and I'm thinking the Colts are going to win this game and I'm like not even like I, I, I I'm not even like that worried about it. it oh boy, Mark, you better save that. Uh-huh. You better no, save. You if better I were a Colts fan, that. like I think Houston stinks. And, and, I think know, they do too. And in the Houston market right now, they might look at the Colts and be like, "This is the easiest game." On we, our schedule. We can win this you game. Know, like, like, I'm with you. And then you still have Tennessee, which we saw Tennessee in week one. Did Ryan Tannehill throw 10 interceptions? Like The fact that this division provides two borderline three of those types of teams is unlike anything you're going to see in the AFC, whether it's the East, whether it's the North, or it's the AFC West. Number three. Well, I, I'll, oh, real go ahead, quick, sorry. I'll push yeah. back to the Bengals. Uh, I will, I'll 
I'm still going to ride with the Bengals. I think it was a week one situation. I mean, they ha- they're pouring home- down rain the whole game. Yeah, they're home against the Ravens this week. That's a tough game. But after that, home against the Rams, at the Titans, home against the Cardinals. If you're not three and two at that point, then or it maybe might be four a problem. And one, right? Then then I'll start getting right. concerned. That, that's fair. Uh, quickly, number three, Brandon Staley, head coach of the Chargers, doesn't make it through the season. It's a guy that I think should have been fired last year. I can understand they made the playoffs. They gave up the big, uh, you know, they gave up the big lead. They just never win big games. They're nine and eight, ten and seven, and Kellen then Owen Moore would be the interim head coach. I, I mean, to me, they've been uh, if yeah, yeah, yeah for a defensive minded sure, head coach, giving sure. up. What, did Miami get to 40? Weren't they close to 40? Uh, was it 37? It was uh, something yeah. like that. Close enough. You can't have that. No. I, I do think he is one of the few coaches on the list of good football team could be fired mm-hmm. at some point. Like, There's always those guys of like, we're not meeting expectations. They, they, they have a, we're going to send them. They have a quarterback. They have a quarterback. Right. Someone yeah. that has to take the blame for the lack of a quarterback. You know, in a way, there's a bit of like the Jim Moore to Tony Dungy situation here in India yep. a little bit with that. So, um, yes, I, I would say that is one I could see happening. Yeah, he's got a track record of kind of making some very odd decisions in-game and, and whatnot, so I think if, if he's And you're a defensive-minded head coach. Top. When that side of the ball is struggling to the degree and it's letting your franchise quarterback down, that should be looked at in a negative light. Uh, number four, locally, I think we see Gardner Minshew start game uh, start a game this season. I think it could be multiple oh, it's, games. It's probably a pretty is, 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 that's an easy bet, right? Is it? I mean, everyone feels that way. I just think you look at what happened on Sunday. I mean, two lower body injuries after his first ever NFL game, just natural wear and tear. And I mean, Andy, if there ever is a close call on playing him in a week, don't you err on the side of, oh yeah, we're not going to play him and not risk what happened to our previous franchise quarterback. So I'd probably go a step further. I think you'd set the Gardner Minshew over under more at like two and a half. Two and a half. Something like that. Just given how Richardson plays, the style of it. I mean, quarterbacks, I don't know. If you take the average of the 32 starting quarterbacks, what, they probably miss one to two games a year just simply off of... Uh, general wear and tear of that. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's an overreaction. Last one, Nick Saban won't win another national title. I I, I finally, now I know we don't care about it. We got it up against the break. Uh, he's in his 70s. I hope that's early, true. Early 70s. Uh, Nick I want Saban. Notre Dame to win a national title. Have I told you that? <laughs> what would and you I do? I want it to happen this year. What would you do? do? Would they do a parade in South Bend? I would walk around the circle in a Notre Dame Speedo. Save that as uh, well. Eight eight fifty five and eight fifty eight. And oh, I would do you it. Would, you wouldn't want to see that happen. Mark? I would do it in January, would, no. whenever the national title game is. When, when is it? January thirteenth, fourteenth, something like that. <laughs> How about the Tuesday morning after? Well, uh, what are the New York uh, radio? Saban seventy one, by the way. A New York radio uh, gas bag. Nice the, Kelly Green Notre Dame with, Speedo. I can picture it now. The Giants made the Super Bowl in 07. He walked across uh, one of the bridges there in a Speedo. That's that's a terrifying. I'd be honored to do the same thing. That's a terrifying thing. Had to pack the speed. Sam Hartman, make it happen. Marcus Freeman, make it happen. (laughs) Zach Kiefer on the other side. It's the wake up call with KB. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Andy. 
It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Nine o'clock hour, hanging out with you in the drivehubler.com studios. Zach Kiefer going to join us from The Athletic here in about three minutes. Zach Osterman will join us from the Indianapolis Star at, uh, at 9.30 in a half an hour or so. Uh, we talked a little bit there before we did our over-under reactions, whatever, however you want to put it, our overreactions on a Tuesday. Uh, Stephen Holder reporting why Jonathan Taylor not on the sideline. KB, you had the article up. I have not seen this. As of yet. Yeah, and this is from Steven's story about Jonathan Taylor. Again, not at the game on Sunday. Um, Steven writes, That's a continuation of how things have played out the past couple weeks when Taylor's time around the team has been minimized, according to sources, at the request of the team. Taylor often departs for the day before the Colts' midday practices following his morning ankle rehab sessions. From all appearances, the relationship between Taylor and the team has not improved. So, is there um, any story there? I, I'm trying to. I mean, I guess I don't like it, but I, well, I, 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 I don't think, know how much to make of it. You know, the, the next quote unquote deadline is just what happens after week four. So, um, the fact that you're now approaching the halfway point of the season and seemingly the relationship has not gotten any better, I guess that would be where the story is. Again, it seems like the Colts are pretty content. With not having Taylor around for meetings and or the game. So, again, Stephen going to join us tomorrow. We can ask him more about that. Zach Kiefer, in just a second, he was at the debut of Anthony Richardson, wrote on that. So, we'll chat with Zach about what he saw on Sunday. Obviously, the big storyline from last night, Aaron Rodgers. Sounds mm-hmm. like it is a torn Achilles for him, just waiting an MRI to confirm that. But that's what the Jets believe off of that. Uh, Zach Wilson... Or the field. And the field I'll choose, includes I'll choose death. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, oh. Carson Wentz. Oh. Vegas has Nick Foles oh. as the current favorite. I, I mean, I would take Foles out, Foles out of those four. I mean, Zach Wilson's going to get yet another shot. He's going to be so bad. That line is so bad. They're going to boo him so much. Poor Zach Wilson, his beautiful, perfect hair, and his his hot mom, and uh, whatever else. How much well, did you guys? It's hot, hot mom, or the mom has hot friends, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what Zach Wilson How much said? you and Jake were doing the show then, right? That wasn't before you guys, was it? No, I think that was, was when it? we were doing it. I yeah. mean, you guys had to talk a lot about that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. NFL market. Yeah. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson throwing some passes in the stands, so the mom's <laughs> friends feel like they're a part of the action. Oh, man. I have a buddy who loves older women. He loves Zach Wilson, and he was a Jets fan. He was in heaven. Then he loved Aaron Rodgers. Then he loved alcohol because of last night. <laughs> That's basically how it's it It's quite went. the path. By the way, Robbie tweets into the show and says, uh, why is Bowen trying so hard to find a reason to make a public appearance shirtless or in a Speedo? He says, you buy 15 windows from Window Nation, I'll run by your house wearing only three socks. Isn't the sock thing that was a Red Hot Chili Peppers thing? Again, an, also an uncomfortable thing I would never yeah. want to do in my entire life. Robbie, I'll take my, I'll take my team losing 40 to nothing I, before that happens. Uh, before we get to Zach Keeper, I do think... The trickle-down effect from last night that is Colts-related. Again, Aaron Rodgers is not going to reach that 70% threshold of playing time with the Jets. Therefore, Green Bay will not get their first-round pick. And I'm bringing that up because we know they were in the Jonathan Taylor trade talks from just a few weeks ago. If not having an additional first-rounder, what could that do to their interest 
at all. Let's talk more about that and Anthony Richardson and much more. He is Zach Kiefer from The Athletic. Zach, let's start with the news item from last night. Uh, if you are the Jets, you rolling with Zach Wilson, or are you making a call to one of the washed-up quarterbacks Ooh. that's sitting on his couch? I'm just glad you guys didn't ask me about Zach Wilson's preference in, in older women. That's how we got <laughs> off that topic. I think you just um, made that clear. Dude, I, I have lived the veteran quarterback carousel. You've lived it, KB. This whole city has lived it the last couple of years in Indianapolis, and it's funny you hear the names being thrown out. Nick Foles, well, he was here, could not play last year. Just just wildly inaccurate, could not play. Phillip Rivers, I mean, was there some flirtation with the 49ers last year? If they had made the Super Bowl, he's probably the best bet. But what is Rivers by now, 43, 44? You hear some Carson Wentz talk. I don't think Carson Wentz is any better than Zach Wilson. I think they're going to roll with Zach Wilson. But this is the speculative part that's fun. It's it's really a crushing night, I think, in a lot of ways for the NFL because the Rodgers storyline, whether you like him or dislike him, was endlessly fascinating. I'd agree. And you saw mm-hmm. what the Jets did. I mean, Robert Sala deserves a ton of credit. That defense is unbelievable. No one's talking about the other storyline being how utterly terrible Josh Allen was. But if 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 to answer your question in a very long winded way. I think they roll with Zach Wilson. I think it looks exactly like it did last year, and that's just a bummer because this defense is so good, and and they would have been a really fun team in the AFC East. Zach Kiefer with us here on the Fan on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Uh, Zach, have not met you. Good to meet you on the radio. Can't wait to get out there uh, to some Colts games and uh, and shake your hand around the media buffet. When you look at the options at quarterback for the Jets and the potential options at running back for the Indianapolis Colts, which group is worse right now? Oh man, I'm going. I'm going Colts. <laughs> I am too. There, there is no running back room. Like, the Colts have no running back room. I mean, this is this is such an important part of Sunday's loss. Is like, Richardson was, was really good, I thought. He was really impressive in a lot of decision-making situations. They played a lot of heavy cover, too, which limits the deep ball, which was frustrating on Colts fans' part, right? They didn't take any shots. But the kid didn't force it until maybe the end when he kind of had to, you know, weave that ball in over the corner, and he didn't do it. But I can live with that. But the the one takeaway I had walking out of that stadium was they got no run game at all. Like, they don't even have a semblance of an NFL running back room. Like Mike Chappell said, if you're dying for Zach Moss to return, like, that's a really bad spot. And I, I don't think it's crazy to say if 28's on the field, I know there's a lot of ifs. If he's on the field Sunday, they probably win that game because the Jacksonville Jaguars have to play them completely different. And I'm not saying I love Zach Wilson on the other side of this argument – but I hate the Colts running back room. I hate it in this roster. And, and if you look at a couple spots, it is so egregiously thin. And if this season's all about the kid, if it's all about the quarterback, why haven't you done a little bit more to help him? By that, I mean adding some – I mean, it was just staggering how, the, how much of a difference there was in skill position talent for the Jaguars on Sunday and for the Colts. Besides number five, the Colts don't have any real dudes. 
When we look at Zach Kiefer with us, uh, I'll follow up with this. We've talked about Carson Wentz and, and Matt Ryan and guys like Nick Foles. And then Indianapolis, when you look at running backs that may be out there, because they're going to have to add or at least try somebody out here this week. I mean, you're looking at Kenyon Drake or James Robinson or the aging Kareem Hunt. There's just, you know, for me, you look at the Jets, they don't have any options. I, I mean, on the waiver wire, the, the, the Colts don't have any options either. There's no one sitting out there that makes any sense, right? Right? There's just nobody. If a guy's available September 12th, there's a reason he's available September 12th. Now, that doesn't mean there's guys out there that, that can't play. There's certainly guys that can play. And I think Zach Moss helps you. Hopefully he comes back this week. But this is the problem, and, and this is what Jim Irsay wanted. He wanted Jonathan Taylor to be in that backfield with Anthony Richardson because over time, this season's not going to be about wins and losses. It's going to be about... Where is this team January 15th when the season's over? Where is Richardson? Does the arrow point up? Has Chris Ballard done enough to make you think they can keep moving it up with the right pieces if you add, say, a Marvin Harrison Jr.? you got to like that. But without Taylor, that just becomes so much harder. And this team's not going to have the home crowd behind it every week, and they're not going to have the same juice that you have on opening Sunday every week. It's going to be really interesting to see where this team is at five, six games in without Jonathan Taylor. So... Look, I don't, I don't love Matt Ryan. I don't love Nick Foles. I don't love any of these guys for the Jets, unless maybe Tom Brady pulls the biggest thunder <laughs> of all. I don't think Bill Belichick would ever let that happen. Oh, man. But, I mean, I, I feel like Zach Wilson can win them six or seven because that defense is so good. I still like that situation better than the Colts running back room because they don't have one right now. Zach Kiefer is with us here from The Athletic. Again, Zach shifting into some more national stuff, but he was in attendance on Sunday for Anthony Richardson's debut. I thought the Trevor Lawrence question you asked him post-game, Zach, pretty enlightening in what Trevor Lawrence shared to Anthony Richardson afterwards in that, okay, you know, you got to protect yourself a little bit. And you look at Richardson right now and exiting week one, there is a couple of lower body injuries. Sounds like he'll be all right, but there's, you know, a knee bruise and there's a little bit of ankle soreness. Um, I go back to the Chris Ballard quote, Zach, like at some point you have to deliver from the pocket. You know, that, that that's a quote that Ballard said often about quarterbacks. And I'm curious, will that kind of always be a question for Richardson of at some point, you just get banged up or you get old and the running element is just not the same thing. And I'm curious how that balance for him is going to play out of how much he runs, how healthy can he stay, and ultimately how much he develops as a passer. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's got to be central to the Colts thinking this year, doesn't it? Like, who is Anthony Richardson's favorite quarterback growing up? It was Cam Newton, who absolutely, absolutely took over games and took over the league in his peak in 2015. He was flat-out unstoppable. But what happened? Two, three years later, he wasn't even close to the same player, and he's out of the league right now. And I don't need to mention the other quarterback who had the same combine numbers as Cam Newton, who came out a year later and lost his career for a variety of reasons, including the absolute punishment he took inside and outside the pocket, Andrew Luck. So that's the reality that Richardson's going to have to live with. And And the scary part is... He's so big and so physically gifted that these hits won't show up right now, and he'll bounce back and he'll play through a lot this season. But it's the wear and tear over time that's going to get him. That's what got Cam Newton. And this wasn't one Friday Night Lights-esque shot that Andrew Luck took. It was an accumulation of years and years of beatings that got worse. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go down the same path with Richardson. He's so big and so strong. 
but he needs to slide. He needs to he needs to avoid those hits because if he goes down, you're looking at a completely Ooh. lost season. I mean, there's a reason he's playing right now. And if it's not for the wins, it's for the experience. And they, they've got to get that through that kid's head. He's 21 years old. And if they want him here for a decade, he needs to avoid hits at all costs. Zach Kiefer with us. He's from The Athletic on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. You make anything, Jonathan Taylor, uh, the Colts saying you can go ahead and stay home and not be at these games. Is that a storyline for you at all? No, it's not that abnormal. Now, I think it would be a very encouraging sign if he was there, but I don't think there have been any encouraging signs right. <laughs> over the last six or seven weeks. Maybe Chris Ballard's press conference a couple of weeks ago in terms of just finally the team opening up and saying, we still want this to work. Finally, somebody said something. Right now, we're just kind of waiting. Like The one thing we don't have in this big drama is Jonathan Taylor's words. Like, yeah, we've got a couple of tweets, but... I'd love to hear from him. Let's go back to the beginning. Where did this start? Why did you change your mind? Like, why has it gotten so bad? Why do you want out? You know, like, we need to hear from yeah. the player. Are you hurt? Sound like mm-hmm. we're, yeah, uh, among, among other things. It sounds like you could pass a physical tomorrow. And like a lot of players, if you get that contract, suddenly your your body feels great. So we'll see. But, I mean, I, maybe I'm just a pessimistic former beat writer, but <laughs> I don't see this ending well for Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. I see an exit. Zach, last one. Um, just some great, great feature writing at, per usual out of you here as of late. The Howard Mudd piece was one of my favorites. What was maybe the most... Uh, Tom Moore, sorry. Um, the, the most interesting anecdote uh, in your uh, in your Tom Moore piece that you, uh, that you discovered. Well, you guys are going to get mad at me because I can't say it on the air, but I'll... Uh, I'll color it up a little bit, but um, I think, you know, KB, you grew up in the Peyton days. I grew up in the Peyton days watching that team. You probably took it for granted a little bit, but my favorite story was, and Peyton and I were literally, I was almost crying. I was laughing so hard on the phone was, you know, they had this play and they didn't have a name for it. So Tom Moore basically didn't have the name he could call over the headset during a game in New England. And he basically just said, Peyton, just run whatever the F you and Marvin have been working on. And, and Peyton's trying to hear at Gillette Stadium. And it worked for a touchdown. And it was just, it was so fun to talk to him and to Dallas Clark and to Tony Dungy and to Larry Fitzgerald about the impact this guy's had on their careers. One of a kind. I think he should be up in the ring of honor for what he did for this team and for the quarterback that really built this city into a football city. So um, I'm not doing it justice. There's a lot more great anecdotes in that story, but that, that was a ton of fun to dig into with Coach Moore. He turned 85 years old in November and is still doing this? He gets to the office at 3.15 every morning. Oh, God. And I asked oh, the Bucks, God. and you guys get up early. I asked the Bucks employees, I'm like, <laughs> okay, who's there? And they're like, well, Coach Bowles gets here at 5 every day. So before Coach Bowles, it's Tom Moore and the janitors. He's 84. Can you imagine? Just kick up your feet, man. I, I don't he, know. He's what? a football guy. He's a lifer. He has nothing to do. It's absolutely incredible. That was a great, great read, Zach. Uh, anything else we should be on the lookout for? Yeah. Yeah, Christian Kirk's story coming out maybe this week or next week. He's the Jaguars player who... You imagine you get a huge payday, something you've been working for your whole life, and on the day you sign your deal, you become an internet punchline and just ripped across the league for being overpaid. So he really opened up on what that was like. That was not fun. And, and then some, 
some really good logs in the fire down the line for the rest of the season. He's our own. He is Zach Kiefer, off the Colts beat, but some great, great national insight that he is providing readers of The Athletic. Zach, good seeing you on Sunday, man, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll cross paths down the road. Sounds good. Anytime, guys. That is Zach Kiefer right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I, I just wanted to bring it. It's funny. Now, I am not I'm not comparing myself to Tom Moore. I want to be clear. But I usually, because I'm terrified, like I wake up early anyway, but I am terrified in my my alarm doesn't go off and I and I oversleep one day. Like I That's I'm, why you're having a kid then, dude, right? I, I am yes, that's exactly why. This was all planned out. It was very shrewd of me, but I'm ter- I'm terrified of that. So I I get in here pro- probably a little little bit earlier maybe than I need to but I get in here there's no one else here correct like, yes. there's there's mm-hmm. there's not another <laughs> I've walked around a couple different floors and I'm like there's no one else is there anyone else in the building there is like one lady in the building occasionally and we say hi to each other and I guess I need to make friends with her there's it's just me like it would be funny to have a camera on me just kind of walking around looking out the windows getting ready cutting sound doing whatever I do so I'm the Tom I mean, Moore is what I'm trying to tell Tom you Tom Moore getting in the Bucks building at three oh. fifteen. Like, what happens when eight a.m. hits? Is he like ready for lunch? lunch? <laughs> you having lunch? He goes to bed at you know. He goes to bed at six thirty. Does he not? Is he the old guy that goes to bed at seven o'clock? He's got to. Does he not? And what are you doing at three thirty? Like, what's the goal? It's a football. Mark, it's football. The earlier you yeah. are in the office, the more football you know. Is he the reason why the Bucks got a road win in Week One? So I mean, his biography on the Bucks website just says Tom Moore enters his fifth season with the Bucks <laughs> in 2023 and his 45th NFL season overall. Can you imagine? Oh, good for him! Football guy for life. Unbelievable. He probably, no, he probably thinks like if he quits, he's going to slow down and I don't want to say die, but you know people people feel that way. That's why they hang around in their 70s and 80s. Yeah, and they make a lot of money. But yeah, he's 85 years old. He doesn't need to be coaching under Todd Bowles. He doesn't like golf or fishing. So he's like, what else am I going to be doing? <laughs> Has anyone checked on Mike Greenberg yet this morning? Oh, I heard. I heard the opening to get up was quite something. They well, might Greeny have played, had, they played taps. I don't know. Greeny had a sleepover last night with like Damian Woody. I think Dominique Foxworth and some other people were there. Dan Graziano. And yeah, and me and Mark were talking uh, before the show. You know, he he was. They were taking pictures of his house. You know, he's got like you know he's on like the penthouse in Manhattan. And I was like, how much does that place cost? Good for Greeny. So is he going to be on a show today? Then actually, yeah, I, yes, I believe so. I believe he's uh, what ESPN's lineup started last Tuesday. I believe he's been been on ten then, o'clock and, every single day since then. And then, then. I'm curious: do does Aaron Rodgers make his Tuesday appearance with Pat McAfee? I mean, why would he not? Unless he's you know, unless they're looking at the foot, then why would he not? No one. I mean, that's that's the time. If you have the relationship with Aaron Rodgers, that's the time you want him, right? Is when there's some sort of turmoil, and this is the ultimate turmoil. Joel A. Erickson um, sent a text to our Colts, kind of like a Colts writer group text, and uh, he's going wild, wild scenario here, okay? Zach Wilson leads the Jets to the playoffs. Rodgers decides at the last minute to come back and play again. Minnesota no longer has Kirk Cousins under contract. Do we get a Brett Favre reincarnated? I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers goes from the Jets to the Vikings. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? <laughs> you imagine? Uh, I mean, I guess I could. I just, 
You know what? Aaron Rodgers what? to the Vikings does nothing for me. The Jets are dysfunctional. That's why it's funny. He was going to clean up the dysfunction as he enters his 40s. The Vikings are just a, a nice franchise that if he goes there, yeah, sure, they have a nice running back in Madison if he's still there, and they have a couple wide receivers, but that's not fun. No, no one's ESPN ain't going to blow up their programming over Aaron Rodgers going to the damn Vikings, right? Oh. At 42 or whatever he'd be. What an opportunity, though, for Zach Wilson. You know, it's one of these things where, you know, young quarterbacks taken relatively high. If you flame out, the chance of you getting another opportunity is not very abundant, particularly with, I would say, they've got a pretty good wideout core. They've got a couple oh, sure. running back. I mean, like, yeah. oh, I know their sure. offensive line has some question marks, certainly. Your defense, you would think, is going to keep you in it most games. Again, what a chance. I know it's not the ideal circumstance, and obviously he didn't take all the offseason reps and anything like that. I just can't get over Peyton Manning's reaction last night. I think it was so much... St- he was stunned. Mark, do you have that? That obvious... I think Mark has it. So Manning was stunned when Rodgers went down. But, like, the ultimate preparer of Peyton Manning, he legitimately, and I think I believe him, he, like, didn't know who the backup was and then was disgusted that he was going to have to watch Zach Wilson play quarterback for the next He said, if Rodgers isn't playing, I've got nothing for you. (laughs) It was an actual quote. Part of me was like, is this, like, Peyton Manning, wait a minute, I studied for the entire test, and instead of geometry, it's actually algebra? algebra. Clearly he wasn't watching Hard Knocks, because Zach Wilson is featured pretty... That's kind of a bad... Bad job. If you're calling a game, say, if you're calling a game, you got to know the backup. It's Zach not Wilson's like, divisive, kind of. It's not like Kyle Allen got in for the Bills. Zach yeah. Wilson's probably one of the more notable backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, he right was now. he was a top pick just a couple years ago. I mean, he was a starter last year. Oh my goodness, I don't know. I don't know what Mark has. Mark had, I think, the reaction to the injury where they were, oh, he's injured. Rodgers, look at him, he's injured. He's so this going is Peyton last tent. night, Mark. Yeah, this is Peyton and Eli last night. He's in the tent. He's not. He's hurt. That's, he's hurt. Could not have been. Holy cow. I cannot believe this. <laughs> I thought it was just an ankle. Oh, I, thought we'd go t- I thought we'd go tape it up and get him back in there. Come on. Man. It was. I mean, to be fair to Peyton, you know, when he first went down, it was kind of the awkward, like, oh, bye. You know, he, he he got up and then he just fell down. Did the Jets, like, tell him to go to the ground so they could get, like, the medical timeout? It was, I don't think it was a given right away that it was a torn Achilles. And then you had the Twitter doctors obviously, like, well, zoom in course, a little bit more course, on it. Of course. And, you, and then you have the whole debate, and this is, you know, one that's kind of over my head, but I know a lot of NFL players um, are beyond fed up with playing on turf and well, well, they want to be grass fields and we saw it in the national championship game over at Lucas Oil a couple years ago when Jameson Williams tore his ACL um, you know if it wasn't a rainy night on a turf field does that happen the uh, the 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 MetLife Stadium is I mean they were that is new turf they just replaced it it has been widely talked about that especially visiting teams feel like it is a bad field that they get injured and it's perfect that the Jets and Giants build the ugliest stadium in the NFL and put the crappiest field down for uh, for multi million dollar athletes you know the other thing we haven't talked about is it. it Leonard Floyd laid Aaron Rodgers down. He didn't tackle him very hard at all. I mean, go watch the play. He kind of yeah. had mm-hmm. his. He kind of right. had one arm around his waist. It was more looked waist. like it got something stuck oh, in, it, it, in yeah, the turf. Yeah, really. it wasn't a big hit at all. No. I mean, like when you talk about the NFL has said, "Hey, we want to protect our quarterbacks." Leonard Floyd was hitting right. Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers was trying to fall down just the way that the NFL wants to see their quarterbacks get hit.
Yeah. He D- was. DJ Reed, Jets defensive player, tweet out, you know, we need real grass for all NFL stadiums. I, I, I'm listen, curious if we I'm see with that. that happen. Obviously, NFL owners would say, no, 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 I want to have concerts and I want, you know, this ability to have multi-purpose venues and all of that. Um, we'll see. If there's any reaction off of that. All right, Zach Osterman going to join us here in a few. We'll get more into, again, the IU uh, quarterback situation. Taven Jackson being named the official starter moving forward. And then more on Zach's story yesterday about uh, the Louisville game for 2024 being bought out by IU. I think the price tag was a little bit over a million dollars. Indiana owes Louisville, and they will throw an FCS game onto the schedule instead of that. Before we get to it all... Let's go back to Monday Night Football with our morning checkdown. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Yeah, Bills losers, Jets winners, ultimately the Jets losers. Uh, Robert Sala, head coach, talked about the Aaron Rodgers situation last night. All right, I'll uh, deal with the quarterback real quick. Um, uh, concerned with his Achilles. Uh, MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen. So prayers tonight, but it's not good. Uh, Non-Rodgers division, what a wild game. You had Josh Allen throwing the ball to Jordan Whitehead, who plays for the Jets, by the way, um, like three times in the game. You had Garrett Wilson making arguably the catch of the year. Uh, Tyler Bass doinks one off the upright to force it into overtime. Then in overtime, you have a punt return for a touchdown by a hard knocks hero, uh, Sam Martin, the Bills punter with one of the... um, (laughs) <laughs> one of the it's a terrible pun yeah I mean I guess the attempt I guess the pun attempt might have been worse than his tackle yeah. attempt uh, but you don't see games often end on punt returns for a touchdown and yet the Jets win like 22-16 again Josh Allen's hero ball boy I, I know it's a discussion but last night I felt like it was even more than it usually is with him uh, so the Jets win 22-16 there in the opener again Eagles and Vikings coming up on Thursday night football uh, Major League Baseball from yesterday, not a lot of local flavor. The Cubs did win. They come back and beat the Rockies. So right now, if you look at the wild card picture as we enter the final few weeks here of the season, the Phillies up three and a half on the top spot. The Cubs up two in the second spot. And the third and final wild card spot right now goes to Arizona. You've got the Marlins and Giants game and a half back, and then the Reds at two and a half back. Indianapolis Indians are in Omaha this week. Yeah, was it Reds and Tigers? Reds I believe and Tigers. Red, Reds and week. Tigers. Uh, last one for me, uh, Taven Jackson obviously gets the nod there uh, with the Indiana Hoosiers. We'll talk with Osterman in a couple minutes, and Chris Jones signs his one-year deal getting some money from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, yet another superstar gets a one-year deal, something we've talked about a lot with Jonathan Taylor. Alright, on the other side, we will talk with Zach Osterman, not only about the Taven Jackson uh, situation, but Indiana buying out that 2024 game with Louisville. We'll do that on the other side. It's the Wake Up Call, KB and Andy. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, Zach Osterman from the Indy Star going to join us here in just a second. Reminder, 
We will have the pop quiz. Scotty's in studio. We will not disappoint him. We thought about playing a joke on you, Scotty. Well, we're going we're gonna to put it off today. We'll put it off on a Tuesday. Joking. We're not going to do that. Uh, we'll do that in about 15 minutes or so. All right, let's head to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Zach Osterman from the Star joins us. Zach, a very good morning to you. That's number one. And number two, uh, obviously, this is you wrote the story this morning. It's something that has been rumored now seemingly for many weeks that Indiana was going to buy themselves out of uh, the uh, the remainder of the U of L series, uh, the next two games, one including would be a home game, an FCS opponent, uh, probably going to be lined up there. Is it simple? They're not a good football team. They're trying to win six games. The Big Ten is expanding. Is it just you know simply that simple? I guess Zach. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and credit where it's due, I, I should I should give credit to my counterpart and uh, my colleague Mark Meisler from the. Herald Times, because he, he was the one who reported uh, first that they were getting out of the 2025 game. This is confirmation they're also getting out of the game next year. There's no penalty for withdrawing from the 2025 game since they gave notice far enough in advance. They will have to pay a million dollar, uh, like, I think it's called like a liquidation fee or something. It's basically just a cancellation penalty uh, because it's within two years of that 2024 game. But, um, you know, I've seen a lot of the, and I'm not not trying to buy into all the Twitter discourse, but I've seen a lot of the Indiana's afraid of Louisville, et cetera. This really isn't about Louisville. It's just about the fact that the Big Ten has gotten a lot more difficult in the last four or five years. Um, the Big Ten has also relaxed its rules around non-conference scheduling. The playoff has expanded. And Indiana just wants to try and make a path to bowl eligibility as, as smooth as it possibly can, knowing that it is always going to be facing a pretty steep fight in the Big Ten. So I understand people who maybe say that they don't like the optics of this as IU fans. I understand people who sort of say, oh, shouldn't you be challenging yourself more? I I just, I think that this is, you know, number one, I think it's somewhat the cost of one of the many costs of conference consolidation. Number two, I, I would say, speaking objectively as I can, um, I just, of all the things to be mad about with all these conference changes, I, I, it, it's hard for me to summon the the scorn or the anger or the shame for programs like Indiana just just trying to keep their heads above water. What is Zach Osterman with us? Zach, what do you, what do you think the re, what what's your read? of the lay of the land with the Indiana fan. Do they care about this? Do they not care about this? Are they upset about this? Or, you know, do they believe, hey, we're trying to win six games and basically everything you're saying there, we're trying to win six games and we understand where we are in football. What What is the overall reaction, do you think, the last couple weeks? I think probably at least half the – and listen, this is obviously all anecdotal. I'm, I'm not a polling firm. Um, but uh, I would say at least half of the – interactions I've gotten on this, whether it's social media, in person, whatever, have just kind of been like, that's fine. You know, the, the, the ultimate goal is bowl eligibility, is postseason participation. It, it's not to, you know, sort of put up some valiant struggle and, and go down nobly or whatever. I think there are people who are People who are disappointed in it, again, probably the optics more than anything, I would suggest that if, Indi- let's say, Indiana were to smooth the road a little bit, you know, let's let's say that Indiana goes to a bowl next year and Louisville winds up in the top 15 in the country and Indiana can sort of quietly but justifiably point to the decision to back out of this game and say, you know, maybe we're not in a bowl if we have to play them in the non-conference, certainly on the road. Um, I think probably a lot of people who'd be disappointed in maybe the optics of something like this 
ultimately would be just as happy, if not happier, to see Indiana in a bowl game. Um, I just think it's, you know, I, I, I do think, I think it's, number one, it's, it's different for basketball because basketball still has, at least for the moment, um, a, a real sort of non-conference resume component to it. You know, you, you're not judged on who you played in the non-conference. When it comes time to, um, you know, go to the Pinstripe Bowl or the Music City Bowl, that's just your record and where you fall in the Big Ten packing order. Um, whereas, obviously, when you drop a Kentucky in basketball, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's a right. big deal. Number two, I, I do think there's a tradition element to it. Like, I, I actually, and I argued this briefly on Twitter last night, I think there's still some value for Indiana in that Notre Dame series in 2030 and 2031. And I'm not trying to pick on Louisville. But, you know, Indiana-Notre Dame is a little different than Indiana-Louisville or Indiana-Cincinnati or, you know, Indiana-Missouri, if we're recalling maybe some of the other non-conference football series Indiana's played in the recent past. And I'm not saying Indiana's going to dump every single Power 5 opponent it's got on its future schedules. Um, But I just think that, you know, it's different sports and it's different sort of expectations, probably a little bit different, you know, just sort of, view of the, the, the prestige of the program, so to speak, and I just don't think a lot of people are going to blame Indiana for this inside the fan base. And Zach Osterman's with us here from the Indianapolis Star. We'll get to Taven Jackson and that announcement here in just a second. I did want to look at Saturday, Zach, in relation to the game itself. It's at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's a neutral site game, of course. Any idea like what the ticket split is going to look like or, or how it was maybe distributed um, for this game at Lucas Oil? I think it was pretty even in terms of, you know, like schools getting different allocations. And I think there was, I don't have the contract in front of me. I want to say it was a decent amount of these games is always just going to be general sale as well, because you're understanding that you're probably, you know, Indiana Louisville is going to draw a good crowd, but you're probably not going to sell out Lucas Oil Stadium by any means. So um, there's always going to be an element of this, this general sale. But I think for the neutral site game, it was, it was pretty even, all things considered. I don't know what. Do you think it'll be, be even? Honest, I have, yeah, I, to be honest, I haven't looked into tick, like what where ticket sales are. I would be surprised if one program overrode the other. Obviously, Louisville's probably got a little bit more energy and momentum around it right now. It's Jeff Brom's first year. They started encouragingly the first half against Georgia Tech side. Um, but on the other hand, obviously, Indiana and downtown Indianapolis is always going to draw just, I mean, there's a, there's kind of a baseline that IU is, is going to meet. And I think if you're an Indiana fan, you know, this team hasn't done a lot to maybe dampen uh, a starting quarterback. Now you've had a couple of encouraging performances. You don't want to make too much of them, but at the same time, sorry, that's my, my room, but deciding to be loud at uh, <laughs> the worst possible time. But, um, you thought know, it was a tornado drill. I thought it was a tornado drill. Yeah, I was worried yeah. that something yeah. was happening like the, at the the Osterman household. Miss something in Monroe County? <laughs> no, no, just a, just a, a wet uh, wet September day. But um, you know, if you're an Indiana fan, I, I don't think there's a ton of reason to sort of be you know to have sort of your excitement dampened on this season yet. So I would be surprised if it's you know heavily one or the other. I guess I could see a world where there's more Louisville fans than Indiana fans, just because again, Jeff Brown's first year, Big Ten, Big Ten team in the non-conference. It's an NFL stadium. It's only a couple hours up the road. 
Um, but I'd be surprised if it's, you know, 80-20 one way or the other. All right, obviously the big news from yesterday, Taven Jackson being named the starter. So a couple non-conference games he will now get. And this offense, I guess, will get to, you know, get used to what a Taven Jackson offense looks like, the, the you know, the play styles, those sorts of things. What has Tom Allen's explanation been on why he adopted kind of this plan of Soresby's going to start against Ohio State, then Taven Jackson after that? Why this sort of kind of multi-week uh, sort of evaluation, obviously against two vastly different opponents? Basically, it's just because Indiana didn't feel like they'd separated between themselves in, in the offseason. And, you know, based on what we were able to see, and of course, there's a lot we weren't, and there's, you know, there's always an element of you're not sure what you're looking at in a practice setting or, you know, what what's actually being sort of emphasized in a scrimmage or whatever. Um but essentially, I would think it's fair to say based on what we saw as the media during spring camp, little bits and pieces in the summer, and then obviously preseason, it was very hard to separate them. And it was, you know, one thing I sort of uh, found myself saying a lot toward the end of fall camp was there's not some sort of default kind of, well, if we can't break, break them apart, then you know, maybe one of them has two or three years more experience and that, that, you know, sets them apart. Or one is just an electric athlete or, you know, one can be on his knees at the 20 yard line and throw it into the opposing end zone. They are very similar quarterbacks. They're a little bit different. I mean, you know, I think they're slightly different in their arm talent and, you know, maybe some of their strengths in, in the pocket and behind center. But something that both Tom Allen and Walt Bell have stressed for months now is, you know, you don't draw up two completely. They're, they're similar enough that you can kind of overlay the same game plan onto each of them and then just sort of adjust it based on, you know, which quarterback is back there in terms of his, maybe his quirks or his preferences or whatever. And if you really couldn't separate them, I, I kind of see Tom Allen's point, which is, and I think he's kind of been vindicated on this, basically just you've got these two games that are, kind of extreme challenges. There's one that, and I'm not trying to be flippant, but Indiana's unlikely to beat Ohio State, especially week one. You're breaking in a new quarterback. You're breaking in a new defensive coordinator. You know, that's a lot to ask no matter where Ohio State is. And then you should beat Indiana State comfortably kind of no matter what you do, which Mm -hmm. of course they did. Um, And so basically just kind of put these two in the crucible of live games and just see who, who maybe steps up in that moment because there's no position... You know, Taven Jackson said yesterday that, that quarterback is the toughest position in football to practice. And he might be right, and I kind of understand his point. There's a lot going on. You have a lot to process. There's a lot of different layers to a quarterback practices. But on the other hand, I would also point out, it is probably the most controlled position, other than maybe like kicker or punter. Quarterbacks aren't allowed to be sacked. They aren't allowed to be hit. You know, they, 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 there is an extreme level of control that is sort of exercised over basically just what a quarterback is allowed to sort of how, how far into the game of football a quarterback is allowed to immerse himself in practice. So let him get hit a little bit. Let him, you know, let him sort of run around against live opponents that aren't going to stop when the, you know, the referee blows his whistle because they got within three yards of the QB. Nobody's wearing a non-contact jersey. And just see if that doesn't, you know, maybe reveal which one has just a little bit of an edge over the other. And I, I think it is fair to say that, David Jackson has done that. I, I, I don't – the numbers are up in my office. Forgive me. I'm not going to make y'all wait while I try to upstairs. But I want to say that in, in non-jump drives, so non-end-of-half you know, drives, 
Um, Taven Jackson got 12, and I think Brendan Sorsby got 10 over the first two games by my count. Jackson had six touchdowns, six, six scores in 12 drives. Sorsby had, I think, two scores in 10, or maybe it was two scores in eight. Um, all five of Indiana's touchdown drives under Taven Jackson against Indiana, uh, or against Indiana State came with Taven Jackson behind center. There's, of course, only a field goal, but Indiana's, lone field, Indiana's only points against Ohio State also came on one of Taven Jackson's drives. I wouldn't say either of these guys has made a ton of mistakes, has played sloppy football, has kind of done something that just said, well, you can't live with that, you know, strike him off the record. I just think Jackson's been a little bit more decisive, a little bit more composed. And to be fair to Tom Allen, I don't know if you find that out with the level of certainty that maybe you've gotten if you don't take this this sort of two-QB, two-week approach. Zach, great work on the Louisville uh, story, the FCS, the 2024 schedule, and diving a little bit deeper into um, certainly is a topic that not only resonates in Bloomington, but I think all of college football right now with conference expansion and how schedules will be impacted, particularly in the non-conference. So appreciate some insight into that. Uh, safe travels up here to Indy this weekend, and uh, enjoy uh, Hoosiers and Cardinals from Lucas Oil. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. Zach Osterman right there, Payless Liquors Hotline. I've, you know, 10-point underdog. I do think this kind of falls into the game, Andy, though, of, like, is six realistic? I mean, the over-under was three and a half. Zach was, when we had him on before mm-hmm. the start of the season, he was a little bit more closer to five Yeah, he was. I was surprised. Yeah. And this would be one of those that I think you put into the category of if you get it, now all of a sudden you got Akron next week, you could go into the Big Ten season with three. Can you find three more? I, I, I know we're probably a little premature in going there, but this is a, um, this is a big one. I, you know, ten-point spread, you don't call a coin flip. Uh, but I think this is one of those ones that you could steal. Yeah, you mentioned this, and Zach did as well. You always knew you were losing to Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. did. Get it out of the uh, way. Yeah, get it out of the way, and you always knew you were beating Indiana State. So this is uh, somewhat a barometer game, I feel like, more for Indiana than Louisville. I know on the U of L side, they think they're going to roll down to Lucas Oil and win by three touchdowns. I mean, th- I mean, who's your fans need to know that's what they think is going to happen here. Uh, and that's, you know, maybe, maybe they're trying to catch him with 10 points. Vegas is. Uh, but this is a barometer, no doubt, for Indiana. If they go out and they play well and they win the game, then I think you can at least start to to whisper about challenging for a bowl game. But if you lose this one, uh, like you said, I mean, I just to me, yeah, there's no way you're four getting four in conference. Yeah, it's just not going to happen, right? I mean, yeah. come on, no one thinks you're going to win four games. How in many conference. times does Indiana football won four yeah. games in the Big it ten, ain't happening. especially with this division splits? All right, uh, pop quiz. We'll round out the show with that. Give us a call three one seven two three. Three nine ten seventy. Are right, we gotta be? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob two hundred milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Quick, KB, we gotta be rapid quick fire here. Time. It's gotta be rapid fire. I'm looking at the questions. Not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, the last one's difficult. Be careful, obviously. Uh, but I think the other ones are gettable, uh, if you will. Uh, I'm going to have you choose the call- the caller. Let's you go, go uh, ahead. Number three. John. Number three. The amount of wins the Jets will have the remainder of the season. <laughs> three with Zach Wilson. Manny kept on saying only three hell. more pass attempts for Zach Wilson <laughs> See, last night. Me and Peyton, same wavelength. Who's the caller again? What's I up, John? John, what's happening? Hey, guys. How we doing? Good morning. Doing great. How are you? 
Fantastic. We are a tad up against it, John, so apologies for being brief here, but we got to go rapid fire, all right? No problem. Uh, All right, question number one. Three weeks remain in the Major League Baseball season. So far, only one team has clinched a berth in the playoffs. Is it the Braves, the Orioles, the Dodgers, or the Astros? The Braves. All right, John, number two. Anthony Richardson lost his NFL debut as the Colts fell to uh, to Jacksonville on Sunday. Name the last rookie quarterback to lead the Colts to a win in a season opener. Chris Chandler, Burt Jones, Johnny Unitas, or George Shaw? Uh, uh, let's see. Who was the first one? Was it Chandler? The first one was Chandler, correct. Yep. I'm, I'm going to go with Chandler. You sure? Uh, can I switch my answer? Can I go to Burt Jones? You can go to Burt Jones. Do you want to switch again? <laughs> Don't I'm overthink it. Yeah, I should go to. Let's go back to Johnny Unitas. Okay, Johnny <laughs> Unitas. Right, hey. There we go. Uh, Richard uh, Anthony Richardson became just the fifth, the fifth rookie quarterback since the AFL NFL merger to have a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown in a season opener. Of the following, which court, which rookie quarterback did not have a rushing and passing touchdown in a season opener? Was it Cam Newton? Was it Michael Vick? Was it Deshaun Kaiser? There you go. Or was it Archie Manning? Remember, did not have a rushing and passing touchdown in their opener. I'm going to go Deshaun Kaiser. Okay. Notre Dame legend. Uh, all right, number four here, John. Tua Tuga Viola threw for 466 yards and three touchdowns to lead the Dolphins past the Chargers on Sunday. It's the fourth most passing yards in a season opener in NFL history. Which of the following quarterbacks did not throw for more than 466 yards in an NFL season opener? Dan Marino, Norm Van Brocklin, Tom Brady, or Drew Brees? Norm Van Brocklin. Love it. All right, last one. Tyreek Hill caught 11 of Tua's passes for 215 yards, the third most receiving yards in a season opener in NFL history. Who holds the record? Is it Anquan Bolden? Is it Frank Clark? Jerry Rice? Or Wes Chandler? I'm going to go Wes Chandler. I mean, some of those guys. I mean, obviously, Bolden <laughs> Rice. Should I know those others, Scotty? I don't know. Is uh, Wes related to Chris Chandler? I, I didn't want to embarrass myself and not know who Wes Chandler was. Did they so. invent the forward pass when he played? <laughs> Did he wear a leather helmet? <laughs> Dan Fouts Charger, oh, Scotty saying. Well, I mean, got the first couple right. Uh, Braves and Johnny yeah. U. I guess we pretty much handheld him to Johnny U there. Uh, after that, Andy, that's where it went downhill. Yeah, I mean, let's see. What uh, Richardson, uh, the Richardson question, Michael Vick uh, was the one who did not have a rushing and a passing touchdown. And then the last one was Frank Clark, not Wes Chandler. Yo, and Drew Brees for four. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks, John. Um, all right. Bob.
By the way, some some news oh, coming out with Chris Jones's contract. He Bob. gets he gets one mil for fifty percent playing time, one point two five mil uh, for ten sacks. He gets for fifteen sacks another half mil. You know he could make up to twenty five mil this season. Better chance Colts sign a Pro Bowl running back today, or the Jets sign a Pro Bowl quarterback. Jets. Yeah, Jets. They're Jets. in a more dire situation. Yeah, Jets. James Robinson, Kareem Hunt, don't those qualify as former Pro Bowl? James Robinson would be the one, yeah, but I'll go Jets. We'll see. Some big Tuesday news items in the NFL. We will recap those tomorrow. Everybody have a great Tuesday.